Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 13. Today we go over our Origins 2019 recap. We review Spectre Ops and Theory of Dracula. We are your hosts, Aaron Schmitz. Ryan here. And Tim Stearns. So today is kind of a sad day for... We're recording on Sunday. It's raining outside. It's yep. gloomy. It's the Sunday after Origins. Well, it's a Sunday of Origins. Or of Origins, yeah, you're right. But we're in the hotel room recording, and uh, we're finishing this up before we take off and I drive back. Yeah. You know, last night was like a fitting walk back. It was raining on us. It was sad. <laughs> Aaron was talking about we had the Charlie Brown music going. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> so let's try to get past that, and let's talk about something good. Some good things that we've seen the past few days. <laughs> Drawing a blank, nothing was good. You got <laughs> other than uh, other than like your top games. What do you think was the hottest game at the show? That's always hard to say, but my guess, the one I saw the most like scattered throughout the library, like just people regular gaming that came out at the show, probably Pipeline. Yeah, but it's, it it was played a lot. Yeah, and it, it seemed like when we went by the Capstone booth. That the the tables for the demos were always full. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there, it was nice when you walk in for them. Is you know front and center in between the doors. Yeah, they're just they seem, right there. They seem to have some of the more major releases. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was a big one. Uh, the new Century. Yeah, there there was. I think that sold out on. Uh, I think Friday they sold out on that. Okay, but they. It was a big rush to get to that booth again. Yeah, so that was the one I uh, I didn't really have anything crazy I was going for because, like I had said previously, I pre-ordered Pipeline, so I knew I was picking that up. And then I went to uh, Plan B to go get Century, uh, a new world for my brother, mm-hmm. and went there. The line kind of started going straight across through one of the aisles, and then all of a sudden they decided the line was going to wrap around the booth, which makes sense. But then all of a sudden the the line just kind of restarted, and by the I was like I went from like twelfth in line to like fiftieth. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna walk around somewhere else. And then I ended up picking it up like that afternoon. They still had yeah, we walked some back. Copies there was like yet, so. four people in line. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. crazy like last year where uh, Eastern Wonders sold out in the first line. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I went straight to uh, Rio Grande and hoping they had Yinch. But if they did not. Picked up Link instead. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You got Devon too, didn't I you? Got Devon yeah, don't as leave well. Devon out. Yeah. Well, I got that at a later date. I'm talking about first day stuff here, guys. <laughs> and then I ended up picking up uh, Trajan as well, and uh, Lisboa, mm-hmm. and then Pipeline, like I said. So those are the games that I picked up at the convention here. Okay. What about you, Tim? What'd you get? I didn't. Uh, I didn't do the big rush to any of the booths. I. I just kind of started walking around, just seeing different stuff, just demoing different stuff. But I, one of the first game that I tried out and I picked up was Crusaders. That's kind of been on my radar for a while. So, Tasty Minstrel only had it in the like the deluxe edition, hmm. and I went to Cool Stuff and got the the regular edition. So, uh, but I got that. I've got. I eventually picked up uh, Magnastorm. I picked that up. I wanted to demo that too, but they didn't have that in their booth. Right. 
They had was a, that uh, Taster Minstrel too, or no? no that no, was Capstone. Capstone. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right. Because they had it in the Capstone room. You could go and learn it yourself and set it up. Mm-hmm. And but I, I didn't do that, and I, did, I didn't realize you could go in the Capstone room like that until later in the convention after I bought it. So. Right. Uh, so I got those two. I finally broke down and got Concordia Venus. So I'm very excited about that. I, yeah. wanna, I really want to see. Obviously, it's one of my favorite games, Concordia. And it, it'll be interesting to see what the team aspect brings to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything you guys were looking for that you weren't able to pick up? I know, Aaron, you mentioned Yinch, right? Yinch, yeah, for sure. I was hoping they had wingspan out, but uh, they did not. As as far as purchasing something, I I didn't. I mean, of course, there's games on my want to buy list, but there wasn't anything that I I wanted to get that I couldn't. I guess. Yeah, uh, but along that same line, there were a few games that I wanted to demo, that I couldn't. And one of them was the the dwellings of Eldervale. Hmm. I could have demoed it. But they had it like a weird setup at their booth where they had like a big screen TV, so it like showed like little highlights of the art and stuff like that. They had a lady with a microphone, she was teaching the game. But what you had to do is you had to sit and wait for them to teach the game to some of their booth workers, watch how they play. So then when you sit down and play, you're supposed to already know how to play. And I didn't want to take that much time to demo a game. I just want to sit down. Well, you're not even demoing it. You're watch. It's. I'm watching other people play. Yeah. And then I would sit down and play. I, 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 weird, walked, I walked away because I, I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So a game that I was really, really game excited to cool, see. game looks cool, though. Yeah, it looked really cool. The cover looks awesome. They had some of the minis out there. You know, the boards look cool. Everyth- everything about it... it it screamed my name until I heard about how you had to demo it. And then I was out. Yeah. Well, so one that I didn't come to the convention wanting uh, that I couldn't get. But once we demoed it, I was like, oh, where can I get this? Oh, we don't have it. And you can't get it until Gen Con or something like that. It was just one, that party game. Uh, after playing that, I was like, yeah, I would pick that up. Hmm. I guess for me, I had, uh, it was pretty much Isle of Sky. I knew I wanted to pick that up for sure. I didn't see that anywhere. And then, I mean, these are older games. But then uh, Newton was the other one. I wasn't sure if I was going to get it or not. I didn't see that anywhere. Simon, uh, Cool Mania or not, they weren't here this year. Yeah. So, I mean, they're the ones that uh, do the distribution for the U.S. But then uh, that I didn't see, so I ended up picking Trajan instead because those are kind of two on my, well, maybe I'll pick them up if I don't see your find anything that I really like at the convention type of thing. Yeah. I know they're just on my wish list for a while. Um, so why don't we rewind a little bit on the convention and go back to Tuesday. Tim, you had a chance to play Warsaw. What were your thoughts? I did. Well, you guys have been hyping it up for a while. You, you, you know, you keep telling the last, a year ago, let's rewind to a year ago, I did not get to demo it. And when I saw you guys, you were, you were trying to talk me into buying it. <laughs> if yeah, I we remember definitely right. thought it was good enough for you to get. Yep. And I'll be honest, I'm glad I didn't buy it. I thought it was decent, but it was just okay. But yet you want to pick up Draftosaurus for the same price. 
for my kids. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I still really like this one, Aaron. Yeah, and to be fair, we had driven ten hours. It's what, like eleven o'clock at night. First night here, we're all tired, and Tim's learning Warsaw for the first time. And yeah. it's the first time we've played with only three players, you and I, Ryan. I like it just as much with three and four as the same for me. Yeah, it's just maybe, you know, he didn't get to see all the tiles. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. I like drafting, obviously, and then it's, uh, you know, it's a mid-light, lighter yeah. game of most drafting games. But then you, I like the tile placement. I like how the scoring works. It's just interesting. Yeah. But it's, it wasn't Tim's cup of tea. That's yeah. all right. Tim no, didn't toss was... it in the garbage. No, I, I didn't. I wouldn't say I tossed in the garbage. I would definitely still play it again. You know, because maybe it was because we just drove nine hours, whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. So let's uh, fast forward again now to Wednesday. Our first demo we had a chance was uh, Draftosaurus. Yeah. Uh, what would you guys think of that one? Well, you had mentioned it already. Yep. And as far as a really simple game. Yep. And it was just kind of, uh, you know, you you pull little dino meeples out of a bag, you pick one, you put it on your park. Well, then also there's a little die rolling where the start player, the first player rolls the die, and then they get this. It shows where everyone else has to place their dinosaur. Mm-hmm. So not, as far as complexity, not much at all. Yeah, so it was just kind of a, a simple drafting game, not very complex at all there was a complex side of the board that we never tried and i i can't say it's complex yeah uh, i I can't imagine it getting more complex i think it just changed you know it just just changes changes the placement yeah but you know i i guess i spoiled it already but i was planning on picking it up to play with my six-year-old because my kids are big into dinosaurs and stuff like that so i would have done that but as far as a like a game night game, it's not a gamer's game. No, I think it's good. Like you said, it's good for children or uh, maybe like you got family that's not into games or something like that. You know, it's a fun little five ten minute filler type thing. Uh, it was pretty obnoxious though. The bag I could get about two fingers in to grab my dino meeples out. Yeah, that was. There's no reason for the bag to be that small. And then when you're drafting and you like, it's supposed to be secret what you have. And you're holding the meeples in your hand, like so everyone can see. Yeah. So and then you're handing them off. It's kind of it's kind of uh, clunky, I would say. Yeah, it's it's bizarre in that in that respect. But so I I wish almost they'd have it where you had your own like little player screen. Yeah, you just put the dinos. You, you behind put the dinos there. behind there. You pick one. You put it out, and then you pass them off. Yeah. Because then you're not like. Yeah, you're you're holding one in one hand that you're picking, and the other hand you're holding the other ones that you're passing to the other player, and then you're you're digging in this bag that you can like you can't fit your hand in, and yeah, yeah, it, uh, I think it'd be a good you got five ten minutes burner or just playing with non gamers. Yeah. Now I wonder is your son gonna even be able to hold all six of the dinos in his hand? No, probably not. We'll probably have to play where he would put them on the table. But right. Tim's going to be checking out all his dinos. He's like, grab that one and pass those yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll be. <laughs> I'll never lose a game. <laughs> uh, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily pick it up, but if someone was like, "Hey, you want to play a quick game?" Yeah, I'd play it. Mm. 
Yeah, the first time we had demoed it, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, that was pretty fun. And then uh, later in the convention, we were meeting up with somebody, and we ended up playing it again. And I was just kind of going through the motions. I was just like, yeah, yeah, grab this one. After the first game, I was like, yep, I've already seen everything this game mm-hmm. has to offer. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah, I guess Ryan and I were sitting there waiting for Tim. That seemed to be a theme of the convention. And we busted out <laughs> Hero Realms with... I uh, picked up the Hero Packs, and I just... You know, I'd played Hero Realms, out what it felt like, and wanted to pick up some of the Hero Packs, and we played as you were the wizard, and I was the fighter. And I liked it. It ended up being a real close game, like seven... And then I did 19 in yeah. my final blow, which was like exactly what yep, you had. Exactly what you needed. And I was like, oh. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting, though. You know, those of you who don't know, Hero Realms is uh, basically the same thing as Star Realms, except for a fantasy theme instead yeah. of space. The art, I think, is a lot better on Hero Realms for yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, you get your own little specialized, a few special cards in your deck. And then you also have some uh, abilities or stuff that's face out in front of you that you can use each turn or when you draw them. Yeah, you get a unique deck, a unique starting deck. And then you have like two class abilities that you can spend and uh, unique um, life point starting as well yeah i'd say it's something it's probably really essential for somebody especially like you who who plays it a lot and kind of get played out with the same type of thing you kind of switch it up a little bit with the different characters and new combos and cards to play with but yeah it's it's a solid game and uh which one do you guys prefer hero realms or star realms a hero Hero i like realms i like fantasy theme a little bit better but the artwork is just a lot better on hero Mm -hmm. realms okay the uh if you don't have a different way to score, the scoring that they give you or keeping track of the life points is much cleaner in this one. So you have a card. That's got and, your tens digits. And it'll, yeah, show like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. You have another card that'll show your single digits and you just slide it down instead of like trading out a bunch of cards. And oh, okay. So that afternoon in the boardroom, I uh, ran a game of Dominant Species, uh, Geek List and three guys uh, that actually hadn't played the game joined up yeah mm-hmm. and so uh, how did how did that go for you teaching your first i thought it went pretty well um it seemed like all three of them grasped it pretty well there's one guy that had a lot of questions but yeah that's that's fine you know it's a heavier game there's a yeah. lot going on and stuff and to be expected yeah. yeah exactly but uh i thought it went pretty well there was a lot of uh bad events that happened for people on the board, there's one where like almost all the birds got wiped out yeah, in yeah. one, and then the the event card I can't remember what it was called again, but it would it basically removes one of the tile, one of the food sources from the map. Yep, one of the elements, yep. and it completely wiped the birds off the map. And it was <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nasty evolution cards out there. I kind of felt bad for him too because he's like, oh, but he took it well. He, yeah, yeah, we were all laughing yeah. about you know right. about stuff, having fun, you yeah. know, they're learning the game. Um, one guy I thought he did really well. He was real close with me at the end mm-hmm. to win, and uh, I think they all said they enjoyed it. I mean, they could have just been bullshitting us, but <laughs> right, yeah. right. But I, I thought you did a really good job teaching it too. Good. I was, you know, you're always a little nervous with that teaching a heavier game and. Right, bunch of new mm-hmm. people and stuff, especially a, when they haven't played the game. You want to make sure you yeah. give them a good impression. A, a game like that at a convention, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's just a lot going on, people everywhere. So it's and you guys are there too to kind of. They had a couple questions. You could kind of answer some stuff sometimes. So I wasn't just the whole time. I'm just trying to answer questions or yeah. You're not just straight DMing it. Yeah, 
But I thought they actually they caught on to the uh, the domination. That's the, probably the hardest part of the game. They caught on to that pretty well. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a little complaint with their the terminology of dominance and domination, but we we got over it. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's one of those things though. When you play it more and more, you get used to it. Yeah. You know, so it, it just kind of kind of flows well because that kind of played into I when I taught you Gaia you had the same complaint because I was using like the terms from the game and you were like, you keep using all these. Yeah. I mean, weird with, words with dominant like, well, for me, I know what those terms mean. Yeah. And they make sense thematically, <laughs> but you're telling me my Gaia former and I'm like, what the heck is a Gaia former? And like <laughs> the game's already like got enough going on. I'm trying to figure out the terminology of the game too. Yeah. Well, which yeah. is nice. Cause I mean, it makes it more thematic and stuff, but but yeah, we uh, at the Renegade booth we played uh, Arboretum. Yeah, I thought our demo made it uh, really fun. Yeah. So you're kind of laying out cards. You got to follow the order in ascending order. Mm-hmm. And you kind of want at the end of each of your paths, you want the same type of tree. Yeah, that's the only way you can score it. Yeah, and he he didn't really explain the scoring. He's like, well, the scoring is kind of complex, kind of weird. We're just kind of floating through the game. Well, he did. He explained it, but none of us grasped it. And I, even at the very end, I could not. I could not grasp it. No. But it was it was just a ton of fun though. Like he's kind of helping us, giving us hints, and we're joking back and forth with him. Yeah. He stop helping Tim. What the heck, man? Yeah. Because he he started off. He was standing next to me, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing trees, just because they were little happy trees, right? And. I kept looking at him like, I, so I got this hand of cards. What do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And he started giving me help or like kind of like tips and stuff. And <laughs> I, it, it was just funny. We were just, you know, heckling it up. And then he, he ended up like sliding over to your side. Well, he's helping so you. Then, <laughs> uh, you're lifting a card up. And he's shaking his head, no, like, don't play it. You start, like, picking a different card, start laying it down, look up at him. And he's going, nope, he's giving you the nope, nope, nope. <laughs> So we're like, what, are you gonna play for him or what's going on here? And we're just we're just laughing, having a good time with him. He's laughing. Yep. Yeah, so he's a good sport. He went yeah. over to the other side of the table, and I started giving him garbage because he he left me. Yep, yep. He's a traitor. Yeah, he left me. I don't, I don't think I ended up scoring any. And he was because you want to have also the trees that end of your path. You need to have one of them in your hand, yeah, as well to be able to score him. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. You got that. You got that. You got this. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. He's like, no, you don't want to do that. I'm like. I still, I know you told me it's a bad idea, but I really want to, really want to do it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do it anyways. But, and then when it goes wrong, I can just tell you, well, why didn't you tell me not to do that? Yeah, and you did. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the game, when he was scoring, he's like, "I told you not to play that card." <laughs> no, you did. But uh, it's like probably a 15, 20 minute filler type. I think it'd be good at all player counts. Um, it's got cool artwork, you know. Yeah, looks the art nice. looks really cool. With the trees, the, yeah, just mm-hmm. the whole presentation of the thing you know if you look it up and you see the box cover yeah the box looks really cool and the deluxe box looks really nice too but you know oh, if, the you're, cards, if you're into uh, that kind of thing like the cards on the deluxe edition really nice you yeah. like i think in a game like this it's good but i was i saw another game where they had these like super shiny reflecty cards mm-hmm. uh with text on them and the, it's hard I, I to read the text then. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want it on there. But a game where it's just like a card with a tree and a suit or a number, it, it looked good. Yeah. 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 And actually, one of the games you picked 
up in the booth, Aaron, was... Uh, Whatever you want. Was uh, Fox in the Forest. Yeah. I'd be, it's been on my radar for a while. So tell us a little bit. How does that one work? <clears throat> so it's a trick-taking game for two players. And there's three suits. Every odd number uh, card in each suit has the same ability. So there's opportunities to change trump. There's cards that'll score you points in the middle of the round if you pick them up as part of the trick. Um, basically, you just play out until someone gets to 21 and you're the winner. Um, it was pretty quick, um, really light, fun, but it gives you something to think about. And when you got some time to kill with just one other person, you know, it's a pretty fun game. What do you think of it? Um, I might be getting into that a little bit later. We'll see. Um, right. I think this, the uniqueness of this game especially is that it's a trick-taking game that works. Well, it's two players, and it works well. Yeah, That's a very rare thing. Usually mm-hmm. they're, you need multiple players a lot of times. At least four, three works sometimes, but yeah, it's a very unique thing, and I thought it did it really well. Tim, what'd you think? Yeah, I was surprised with it. I when it was like, oh, okay, you play a card, you could trump it or not. It was fine, uh, but I think how this game really shines is the special abilities on each of the cards. Mm-hmm. Well, not each of the cards, because some of them don't even have all the special, odd numbers. The, yeah, the odd numbers. So I I, I really like that how. They were just like little subtle things that help change either your hand in some way or the placement of the next card or maybe it changes trump. So I I was really surprised. I like this one quite a bit. That's the thing. There's so many trick-taking games out there, and all of them need to put their unique twist on how taking the tricks and the scoring works. And, yeah. So I came around the corner, uh, one of the rows, and I got pulled into a demo. And I'm kind of glad I did. And that was at the Weird Giraffe Games booth. And this game is Fire in the Library. Uh, just kind of a simple kind of push-your-luck game. The theme is that you're basically librarians trying to save books from the library. So you're trying to become the best, you know, firefighter slash librarian in a sense. But all you're doing is on your turn... You have your start player card that has uh, different symbols on it. So you're pulling these library books. You're pulling cubes out of a bag. And there's four cards, four decks of cards or stacks of cards that show how much each book is worth. So like a yellow book might be worth four points. The purple book might be worth six. You know, So they're all different. If you pull one fire, it's okay but as soon as you pull a second fire out of the bag then you basically bust and then it it helps advance the the library's uh, damage so you're slowly because you're pushing your luck too far you're slowly burning the library so you flip the card over so whatever books you burned in that sequence they're going to be worth more points at the end of the game because there's less of them now because you're burning them and uh yeah it was um i didn't know what to expect i heard a few things about it but i, I was really surprised it was, it was it was a lot of fun actually had the uh the game designer uh his name is tony miller he was the one that was doing the doing the demos for it so yeah sounds interesting yeah I'd like to try that one out sometime. Probably liked it so much because it was a different group of people you were playing with. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> nice, refreshing atmosphere. For right, right. Yeah, that's true. It was. Uh, 
It was a good change of pace. So on Friday, we had a chance to play a game with one of our Instagram friends, uh, Badakai. Yep. And we arranged a meetup to play Tricarion. And Tim and Aaron, I want to know your thoughts. Uh, Tim, this is your first play. And Aaron, this is, uh, we could say, your first coherent play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically second, but first time I was so out, so out of it. So... It, this was talked up a lot, I, and I was really kind of worried Talk, well, about it. was talked it. up. Oh, you mean talked about a lot. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say talked up by me, but talked right. about by Johnny and Aaron. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, you know, it was, um, it made it seem like it was going to be one of the heaviest things we've ever played in our group, and that there was no way I was going to be able to pick up the... Um, what was that? Um, the performance or how the yeah, theater yeah, yeah, works, yep, yep. basically. Because I think it was talked about that Aaron, you, and Johnny didn't pick it up until late in the game, and you're still kind of muddled on it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> it it actually went really well. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It could be I was uh, taught it better this time too, as compared to last time. It it could have been play under my belt, but. Perhaps. But you got to think, too, where we were. We were sitting in the middle of the boardroom. Yeah. A lot of people around. We met Brian for the first time. Yeah, I thought Brian did a real good job picking it up as well. He yep. picked it up right away. You know? And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. You're just a magician. You're kind of sending your workers out, setting your shows up, kind of getting supplies ready, and then you're doing your tricks at the end of the, each turn. And, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I almost won, and Brian just squeaked it out at the last second. Yeah, it was a tense uh, ending because I knew we'd be close, mm-hmm. and then basically I was the only one that had a level 36 trick in the game, and then that just passed you barely right yeah, at the like end there. Yeah, like five, six points or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, thanks a lot. That was a lot of fun meeting uh, Brian out there and playing Tricarion with him. So uh, last year we played El Grande for the first time. We had a lot of fun. It's one of those area controls that Aaron really enjoys, so mm-hmm. we're like, all right, let's bust it out. So we just got it. We're starting to pull out the box. I was going to refresh on the rules just to get it all down again. Yeah. And a gentleman happened to walk by. Yeah. And he's just like, you looking for more? And we're like, yeah, sure, join up. He's like, the more the better. And uh, Yep, because we were just going to play with three. So he came along and uh, popped into our game. And it was kind of funny because we were like, well, we're going to go get something to drink quick, maybe something to eat. And he's like, yep, yeah, nope, take your time. He goes, I, I've i taught the game at conventions before. Yeah, he's just like, I, I, I ran games of it. And I was like, all right, so, sweet. So we had Master El Grande with us. You know, yes. And he starts setting up the board. And we, <laughs> all three of us ended up walking away. Didn't know the guy. He's like, nope, you guys can, uh, I, I'll sit here with your bags. And <laughs> so it was kind of, kind of bizarre. Yeah, we didn't come back and like all our bags are gone. No, nope, <laughs> I, I came back because all I did was I got a soda and I came back. So I, I knew I wasn't going to be long. So I came back and the guy was sitting there and I chatted with him just for a little bit. And I did not catch his name. Yeah, I cannot remember. I know he's from California. Yep, he's from California. But it, it was just funny. I was just talking to him a little bit. And then you guys came back with your pizzas or whatever. And he rifles through the rules like a champion. Like oh, yeah. he, he didn't even look at the rule book. No, he went, he just slammed right through the rules. And uh, I gotta say, his 
his witty little one-liners nonstop. Yeah, all, mm-hmm. all throughout the game, he's just thrown one-liners out there from all different directions. Yeah, I and mean, he he went from quoting Monty Python to Rick and Morty. And Spinal, and Spinal Tap. Tap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yep. it, it was, it was gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I don't, I don't know if I enjoyed the game or just the experience more even playing the game like his facial reactions when we're making moves and like on the map and all that stuff yep oh you're you're gonna do that huh got these cockroaches coming into my city (laughs) but uh it was a lot of fun um right at the end too we're adding up the scoring me and him were pretty close and we ended up tying and he's just got this wincing pain look on his face like oh man what's the stupid tiebreaker and he's looking in the book he's like what no tiebreaker <laughs> yeah. and he's like pissed off he tied and i'm happy i like tied with the master el grande <laughs> it's the only time he had to reference the rule book yeah yeah yeah, yeah so that was a lot of fun uh and thank you mystery man from california yeah he is known as el grande to us but always um and forever yeah always and forever so ryan the last time we were at a convention you played gaia project for the first time yeah I did. So, I, if you want to call it a play, we did play the full game. We we stumbled through it. Yes. We talked about this before. Ten, eleven o'clock at night. You're flopping through the rules like an old dead fish. Yeah. So fast forward to Origins this year. Okay. We're in the boardroom. Yep. I had the rules down pretty well, I think. I had to look a few times for a couple. You had to look quite a bit, but you were you were finding them <laughs> fast. I did have a lot of questions, to be fair. Okay. Right. So how did this play now compare to your last time? So I was a little sketchy going in, but I did want to try it. I kept asking, you know, are you going to bring it to Origins? Yeah. You know, I'd want to play it again. And, you know, you explained it to me. It's late. It wasn't, like, too late, but it was probably 5, 6, but we had been up for a good 12 hours. Yeah, I could see the look in your eyes. Oh yeah, you were you were glazing over. I held my attention for like five minutes, and then after the, ten minutes after that, I'm like, I just want to start, and because I'm not going to retain anything. Yeah, you got the you got the thematic uh, term terminology you're giving me Gaia yeah. formers and other stuff, and I'm like, my head's like exploded <laughs> at this. My it's like a <laughs> shotgun barrel that just blew off. So yeah, we're uh, we're playing. First couple rounds, I'm just kind of doing an action or two and running out of resources. And I kind of basically planned from the beginning of the game, okay, I'm going to try to go up the resource track to get more resources each round if for income. And then also go up the knowledge, basically to get more knowledge to go up the technology tracks. Because yep. that's my favorite part of this game, definitely, is the tech tree, mm-hmm. going up those and all that stuff. So I want to go up that. And first couple rounds, few rounds, I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I, was, I don't know what's going on. I'm just kind of miserable. And then you actually left about halfway through the game to go get your brother or something. Yep. And you came back, and, you know, it's slowly each round. It got a little bit better for me, whereas the last couple rounds, it finally started clicking basically how everything worked. Yeah. You know, how far away you have to be, how much more terraforming power, whatever that's called to get to the planets and this and that. Um, it definitely helped understanding how the power bowls made a lot more sense how that worked this time because last time I just 
so how, how to manipulate those around um yeah i uh beginning of it i was just kind of like yep this is kind of the same for me and by the end of it i was i was enjoying it i still don't know fully how i feel about it but i do enjoy it i just don't know how much i like it yeah i'll absolutely. be able to tell now the next player too because now i know how to play the game yeah that's what i was gonna that's what i was gonna say is that now that you have at the end of the game i could tell you were getting into it yeah, because I, you were like you know, like comboing a bunch of stuff together, and the glazed look was out of your eyes. I think you guys are just being nice to me and letting me win that one. Just yeah. taking it easy. Must have yeah, been that, it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I did, right, Aaron? Mm-hmm. You wanted to make my my play experience better. Yeah. That's obviously why you came in last. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was asking him so many questions, I was frying his brain. Just yeah, he was playing two games basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you really won, Tim. You played the game for me and. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds fine. No, I think you guys like evened out your average, and so I <laughs> <Yeah>. actually won. <laughs> but yeah, I do enjoy it, and I look forward to uh, playing it again. And hopefully, it's soon where it's a little bit fresh in my mind. Um, then I'll probably I'll get a little I'll get a good idea then of what I really think of it. Yeah, obviously, it's got a lot of replayability with the round scoring, the end game scoring, and then the different races and stuff. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So I I know we got some other games on here, but there's two more demos that I did without you guys that I want to bring up. So the first one, I did actually get a chance to try Dual Powers. Okay, yep, yep, that games. one looks good. Um, yeah, so they're kind of... It's by Thunderworks Games? Yep, they are kind of having it... They're, they're kind of presenting it as like a light Twilight struggle. But I'm starting to wonder if a lot of people just throw that on games just it, to... It seems to come out there a lot. Anytime it's like a uh, political, intriguey type card play yep yep and that's exactly what this is it's um just a two-player playing cards uh basically you're fighting for majority in the different city districts so when you play your card it shows on the on the top it has what color district you can place in and then it has dashes so it might have one two or three dashes in that colored banner and that's so say i played a three i can place up to three uh unit power Mm -hmm. in the red city district and then on the bottom half of the card it shows an action that you can do so maybe you can move some of your your people maybe you can flip over some of your exhausted people because after you end up scoring you will uh, exhaust everybody that's in there so after you play all your cards we're going to score uh the districts where the will the people are and stuff like that um and then there's the biggest difference they kind of do is like there's a calendar on top of the board so every card you play depending on it might have a different number on top so like it might have an eight so if it's on eight you tick the days eight days basically my action took eight days off this track Mm -hmm. and the rounds if i remember right the the game ends when you play a certain amount of days or a certain amount of months so you're ticking through so if you get through like the 30th of that month it's going to jump to the next month so you you play like five or six months i can't exactly remember but um overall i enjoyed the game i would play it i don't think it's something that i would search out 
How uh, I like the artwork on it. That's really cool. How long? Like forty-five minutes or something? Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be able to play it under an hour. Okay, is what they were telling me. And I was I was going to ask you, but you hadn't actually played. Uh, I think it's called Thirteen Days. Yeah, I, I was just kind of going to compare how, the length and weight compared to the two, but. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely because I know Marv has thirteen days. Yeah, I definitely want to try that to see where they match up. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was, it was very interesting, and um, I guess I would recommend it. Okay. I would recommend you guys check it out. The other game that I demoed without you guys, and you it, were you were trying to talk it onto my list, <laughs> last no, last it was episode your number one. It was. You wanted it on your list, but you had no info. That's the only reason it wasn't on your list. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a chance to demo it, Evil Below, and it so, has a cool theme, and that's it. Does the theme represent itself in the game even? <sighs> Vaguely. So not really. Not Vaguely. the way you want. No. Because you're a huge Stephen King fan. No. Not re- I mean. <laughs> and I actually, <laughs> we're trying to find you and I text you. Yeah. And we're wondering where you are. And I'm like, oh, I'm over at USAopoly demoing it. And there's like 16 dots after it. <laughs> so we, we went over there and we kind of caught you. And I got like a little picture of you demoing yeah. it. And you can just see out of the corner of your eye. You can see we're taking a picture of you just laughing. <laughs> uh, but So that guy pulled you in. To demo the game. Yeah, so what happened was I was walking by the booth, and they had it set up. A guy was explaining it to a lady, and she looked at me, and she's like, oh, you want to you wanna join in? Uh, yeah, sure, I, I do want to try it. Meanwhile, she's thinking, this sucker's my scapegoat. Yeah, so we played like two rounds. So basically the gist of it, on your turn, you roll the dice, and... The dice have like hands, hearts, or balloons on them. If you roll balloons, Pennywise attacks and he kills kids in different districts. And then he moves around the board. But the the kids are just like little balloons. So if he if he wipes out all the balloons in one area, you lose. So there's like four or five balloons in each area. And then you can use your hands and your hearts to... You can use the hearts to heal stuff. You can use the hands... To pick stuff up or move so you're moving around and then you're just drawing cards and you're trying to put these cards into certain regions that could put into the fight deck and then you could fight pennywise and it's just very blah to say the least yeah so basically she was you oh, were yeah, her yeah. scapegoat and yep. then i was me and aaron so, were your scapegoat yeah so what happened was we played the three of us is me and that girl and the demo we played like three rounds and I could tell she was getting checked out. She was like on her phone under the table <laughs> and some guy came along and was talking to her and she's like, oh, do you want to go? And he's like, oh, no, you can take your time. And she's like, oh, OK, I'll just play a couple more rounds. And then eventually he got up and she's like, oh, I, I, I better get going. So then she got up and walked away. So the guy, the, the guy teaching the game, he slides over. So we're sitting across from each other and you know, we play a couple more rounds, and then you guys come over, and he asked you guys if you wanted to get in, and you're like, like, "Nah, nope." And yeah, I, uh, I, I used you guys. I was like, "Wow, these are my these." I'm with these guys. I gotta, get, I gotta get going. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's not the worst game I played. Well, 
You could say that I, about any game that. if you're trying to talk it up. Well, it's not the worst game I've ever played. No, and I'm not, I'm not trying to talk it up either. <laughs> I, it's just it is what it is. It's just yeah, it's it it just seems like they hot put, garbage. They put a theme on something just to put it out. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask the release date, but I would guess right around September, because that's when the new movie's coming out. Oh, is another one coming out? Yeah. Okay. So cool. Yep, we're pumped. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, so I would guess that, but I have no idea. I would just guess that it's just kind of one of those, hey, we're putting it out to put it out. So we actually had a chance to meet the people from Parallel Games. Yes. And we ran into their booth, talked to them. Uh, thank you f- to Punchboard Paradise, Clef, Chad, for yeah, telling us to yeah. check this game out. Uh, it had actually been on my watch list since the kickstarter came out and the name of that game is city of the big shoulders um what'd you guys think man it looked really cool and when we were talking to the designer and the artist they were just super awesome people very nice really excited about their game and the way they you know told you about it they you could tell they really cared you you can definitely see their passion yeah. When they were talking to us about the oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome to and, see. You know, they care yeah. so much. They want it. And, yeah. and when somebody brings that much passion to when they're talking about their board game or really anything, mm-hmm. it really gets you excited it, about their product. Just talking to them, it glows off onto you, and you're getting excited about it. Yeah. yeah. So I I didn't know much about this game bef- and, until, um, you know, the Punchboard Paradise crew recommended that we check it out and once you know we walked over there and we started talking to him we saw the game set up we didn't get the demo it or anything but we saw the game on the table all the fancy bits it it looked it looked real sharp on the table yeah and the the graphic designer um emily deering she was talking to us explaining the game to us and the designer raymond chandler was there talking to us about it too and we were kind of talking with them and uh so I saw it on Kickstarter, and it was like toted as like a, a heavier game, but like an intro to 18xx because he's really into those, and he wanted to make one that was accessible to like medium gamers, right. yeah. medium weight. And uh, I saw I didn't get the Kickstarter. I was just really on the line because I didn't know if it was something that I would be able to grasp and all that. But uh, then I saw it in the boardroom, and I saw a copy up there, and I'm like, I didn't think that was out yet. And I was like, oh man, you know, I've it's just hard for me to pay attention enough to read rule books for heavier games at conventions or else I might have picked that up and looked at it and gone through yeah. the rules and tried to play it. And then Punchboard Paradise told us to go check it out. And then I was like, wait, what game is that? And then you told me, I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's definitely yeah. check that game out. And uh, I'm really glad we did. And it was great to meet them. And just seeing their passion really just gets you excited to try out the game. And mm-hmm. it looks really good basically – Chicago during the late 1800s, um, after the Great Chicago Fire, and basically these industries building up. You have uh, the Quaker industry. Uh, you got Libby. Now they make pumpkin. Back then, they made canned meat, I believe, something like mm. that, and just all sorts of different companies within Chicago building up. So that's kind of everyone's got their own unique company with different abilities and actions that they can take. It's interesting where you actually get to pick, I believe, the worker placement actions out on the board and all the beginning of each round at the beginning of the game or something like that she was saying yeah 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 something like that um it just really looks like a nice heavy economic game just i'm really interested to try this one out 
Yeah, I'd honestly never heard of it, never didn't know anything about it. And you guys are like, oh, we got to go check this out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And then I get there and I look, I'm like, I really like the board design first off, you know, and it's, everything just looks super nice. It's got a nice, clean graphic design look. Yeah, and, and then um, Raymond starts talking to us and he's just like, I'm 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 sold at this point. Yeah. Like, this guy is selling yeah. it. Yeah. This guy, this girl, this team, man, they're they're selling it. And so I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what see what it's like to give it a play. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go on a limb here. I'm gonna say that throughout all of Origins, everything that we saw, this is the game that I'm most excited to see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, this one's probably tied. Or very close to barrage with me. I would say if I had to make like games I'm excited to try out after Origins, I would say yeah, it's real close with barrage. Um, yeah, those two. Yeah, those are like the top two that I'm excited to try. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah and uh, thanks a lot, Parallel Games and Emily and Raymond for showing us the game. Yeah, appreciate it. And best of luck to you guys. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we have a lot more games we could talk about, but we'll probably try to cover the rest of them in the next episode. So why don't we talk about the food at the convention center here Ooh. before we get into our list? I had some good food. Yep, Aaron's rolling his eyes a little bit. He was disappointed with his food. Why? I was so, <laughs> uh, perfectly happy with my food. Well, let's talk about the first uh, one of the first big stops we went to. Let's... So first day we went to the Melt. Yes. And that's got... Uh, Gourmet-ish, you know, type sandwich. You know, your mm-hmm. typical restaurant, kind of like a Applebee's, Buffalo Wild Wings, like that style restaurant. Yeah, it was like gourmet grilled cheese. Oh, is yeah. really what it was. So I ordered a like pulled pork barbecue with big fat deep fried uh, onion, onion rings, rings on top. and man, that was so good. Can we, that was... can we stop there before we go home? <laughs> Yeah. That was my favorite meal. No spoilers, but that was my favorite meal at the convention. Yeah, that was that was top. Aaron, what'd you think? Even the fries were kick ass. Yeah. It was good. All right. Um <laughs> just good. Then uh, later I like the atmosphere and everything in there. It's definitely a place to check out if you're in the area. Yeah, it's, we're, it's good stuff. Ryan and I are gushing about it and you're just kind of playing it down. Well, and I don't know. So yeah, there's a there's a North Market and the Short North. Short North is just you kind of go past the convention center a little ways, and there's I don't know if it's a mile or how yeah. long it is, but they just got tons of restaurants and bars and stuff to eat. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a great little area to go to. That's close as well as the North Market. That's pretty much right across the road from the convention center. We've gone there. We've talked about that a lot. Aaron's been going bananas about the food, the foe, the fa. Or yeah, get it right if you're gonna insult it. The fa, 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 fa. Okay. So, Aaron, what'd you think of it? What'd you order the first time we went there? Chicken pho. This time I got the beef, and it was equally delicious. So, yeah, you were talking up the pho for quite a while, mm-hmm. and we tried it. So, to start off, my experience there, you almost spilt. So they give we you, all almost spilt yeah, well, multiple times. They give you a big bowl. If you're going to eat there, they give you like a big ceramic bowl and a tray on a plastic tray. Yeah, a yeah. plastic tray. So you have to try to walk around this crowded North Market holding a plastic tray and a big bowl of soup. With steaming hot broth on yeah. it. Yeah. So my first experience <laughs> with the soup, you take a step back and you almost spill it right in me. 
the whole like bowl slid and it was just it was it almost it, crashed yeah. into you and you guys walked out i couldn't find you i thought you went upstairs so i went upstairs and it's crowded up there and i'm walking around with this rickety tray <laughs> and it was well you're worried too because you know people there's tons of people but then you got when people have backpacks on they're not as yeah. observant about whether if they turn they just smash right into you yeah yeah so not only i also got the egg rolls so they were like sliding around their little plastic dish and I was worried about dropping both of them. And I finally found a table and I text you and it turns out you guys were downstairs outside. Yep. So I had to go back downstairs, find you guys outside and then try the soup. So that's where that was my first frustration with the fa. So for me, I got the beef fa. Yeah. Um it wasn't bad. Now I was pumped up cuz Aaron Loves it. Talked it up. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to try it this year. It was bland for me. It was still good, though. It filled me up and whatnot. It was just kind of generic tasting broth. The beef was all right. It was good beef when you dipped it in that hoisin sauce, so it was really good. So, yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed, but I've had worse. The egg rolls were excellent. And... The fa was just okay. I already said it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why that's like the longest line in the whole North Market. Oh, no. No, it's not. No. You've never been to the chicken place upstairs. It usually goes down the stairs. Yeah, I looked at the plate you guys got from there last time. It looked pretty generic. Well, so does the oh, fa. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we actually went back to the North Market again a different day. and yeah. It was pretty annoying because I went to three different places and they're all... Like out of food. Well, the one, the chicken place upstairs had like a reception going on. Okay, they're closed. That's fine. Went to like a waffle place. They're out of the chicken and the waffles. I went to a different place. I think I tried to get pan- uh, potato pancakes. They're out. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just getting a donut and like a pretzel. I just, yeah. I just went with that. I got the, uh, it was like the, like buffalo burger. I can't remember the place it was, but it was excellent. I had a slice of pizza. Sorry. Last place I want to talk about was Jenny's Ice yes. Cream. That was awesome. That was on our walk back from the Melt the first night. And yeah. uh, I got like a sweet corn, popcorn type yeah, of sweet corn. ice cream. That was that was awesome. I got some kind of berry thing that had like little... Yeah, waffle crisps yep. pieces in it. It was... Like bramble berry or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was called. But it was excellent. Yeah. So yeah, tons of great food options at Columbus, basically... Whatever you want, you can get it. That's close yeah. to the convention center. You could throw a bad game and hit a good restaurant. Yep. You guys want to get into your top five games from Origins? You yep. know I do. So for me, I made the list of anything that I demoed there, anything I played a full game of that was new to me. I had not played the game before. So it could be a new release. It could be a game that's three years old that I played for the first time. How'd you guys do yours? Exactly that. If it was a new game to me that I played, uh, it it was put on the list. Yep. Whether old, new, not out yet. So Ryan, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off? All right. So my number five, uh, we have talked about it in the banter there a little bit, and that was a game by Renegade Games, two player only, trick taking game, and that is the Fox in the Forest. I like the artwork on it. I like that it works with two. That's pretty unique, and obviously it has its own special take on it with the cards and the scoring and i enjoy that because um if you take no tricks you're gonna get six points or the max points if you take 
uh, too many tricks, you're not going to get anything. So it's kind of that middle ground of taking tricks and how many points you score, and I really enjoyed it. Played it a few times there, and uh, that's my number five, The Fox in the Forest. Yeah, we talked about this uh, briefly earlier, and uh, yeah, I was surprised with it, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So my number five, it is a game that Ryan wanted to demo for quite a while throughout the convention, and we finally got a chance to try it, and it was taught by Clef. He is one of the hosts of Punchboard Paradise. Yep. And yeah, so we got to meet uh, Clef and Chad. Yep. They did um, a, he did an awesome job. The Estates. And I, I, when you first mentioned it, I thought you were talking about a different game completely. And it was one that I just, um, I didn't know much about. But then when we sat down and started playing it, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Basically, you, you're just auctioning for different cubes that are your buildings and you're stacking them up. And you can, if you put a big number down, you can build up, build the smaller numbers on top of that. And, the very f- uh, so I won the first. Yeah, cube. so there's six colors. Whoever gets the first cube in each color then controls that company yep. for points at the end. So I think I got the purple cube right away. I put it down. Instantly, the next kid <laughs> stacks right on top of it and just completely starts screwing with me. Yep. And it was it so was, whatever color is on top is now that color company. Yep, yep. And that's pretty much the how our game went. It was super cutthroat, mm-hmm. but. We were just laughing the whole time. We had a great time with it, and uh, we played with a, a really good group there. So, um, yeah, that was uh, The Estates by – it was in the Capstone Game booth. Yep. Yeah, this, this one was on my honorable mention. Just missed my list. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, you know, joking around with everyone that was playing, yeah. bidding on stuff, bidding high. So, yeah, really – bleeding clef of all his money there <laughs> and he basically had all his uh buildings in one row so the three of us basically just yeah made sure his didn't get completed to score points at uh, the yeah, end yeah <laughs> it was a combined effort it, yep. was, it was pretty fun we, had, we needed all three of us to bring him down but it, we did do it yep yep but yeah that's uh that's my number five the estates it looked fun when i walked back around it looked like you guys were having a blast mm-hmm so my number five is a party game that we demoed. Um, the lady was really nice teaching it, and she, you know, took to us well. And that is just one. <laughs> That's hard for people to do. It's it's yeah. tough. You know, I don't blame them mm-hmm. yep. for hating us. Anyhow, it's just one, and it's a party game where you're one person is essentially it. You know, and they're they got a card in front of them. It's got five different options. They don't know what it is. Everyone else does. They, everyone else tries to write a clue to get the person who's it to guess their So they're word. saying a number, like one through five, and that number is then, that's the keyword. Exactly. You're yep. trying to get them to guess a keyword. And um, the, the trick to it is the people writing the clues, if there are identical clues, those clues have to go away. They cancel each other out, essentially. And this is a cooperative party game. You're all trying to score the most points, you know, as high a points as you can. Yeah. And um, it was just a lot of fun. This would be one that I definitely would want to pick up to bring to family events and stuff like that. Even to game day, like, late at night, you know, when you're just looking for a filler, you're going to have a blast. It gave me that uh, kind of that code name vibe. Yeah. Code names. You're trying to write a word down. You know, it's wordplay and all that stuff, mine, 
I'm just trying games. not to uh, think of something someone else wrote, but because uh, you're, you're, you're late trying at to, night, you're trying to get into the other person's head. Like, yeah. okay, if I write this, are they going to think the same thing that I am? Yep, it's got mm-hmm. that good code names where I want to play it every once in a while at the end of a game night. Yeah, type thing. Party, good party game. It works for gamers and non-gamers alike. Yeah, because what was the very last word that? So I was it right. I think it was. I think the word was emperor. Yeah, and it was like Penguin, Palpatine, and I can't remember what Those she wrote. Those two, I wrote, uh, I wrote Cusco. Cusco, and I just could not. I could not understand why <laughs> these three words were put together. Palpatine, <laughs> yeah, Emperor, and Cusco were all in there. But yeah, I was really surprised with this. I I can see why now that it, why it got nominated for a spiel because mm-hmm. I. I could see a lot of people having a really good time with it. We had a great time with it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really – it was kind of – I guess it was my surprise of the convention, really. I really liked the uh, thumb token for the first player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we made our we made our demo copy unique, and we found a little thumb token coin. Yeah. Basically, that was the first player marker. That was yeah. on the floor. And she and kept it for future yeah. games. Do you think she used it? No. 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 She's Instantly threw it away. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are volunteers, I think. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> She's trying to represent the game. People are going to be pissy if they don't get their thumb token. Yeah. I'll be pissy if you get the game and there's not a thumb token in there. Special order one. You think if you complain that there was no thumb token in the box that... (laughs) Maybe if we remembered her name, we'd be like, well, Jenny said. (laughs) So my number four is a game um, similar to Dominant Species, how there's that geek list up. And me and Tim actually got to play this one, and that was Rococo. So in this game, you are making dresses and suits. You're basically a tailor, and you're making um, you're kind of doing a little bit of deck building, kind of a different deck building because you can actually look at your cards and pick what you want. But you're buying new employees, which yeah. are the cards. They take different actions. You're buying, you're getting thread and different colors of yarn and all that stuff, and. You're making these dresses to either get money or to put them out on the board, which score you points, as well as get area control in the different halls out on the game board. And I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I got to play it because it's out of print. Yeah. And the bad thing, though, is for me is near the end of the game, the last few rounds is kind of the actions you're doing are fun, but it's you're doing the same stuff, and it's not going to change from game to game. That's the thing. Yeah, and I I know we talked about it after we played, and I had the same feeling that I I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed you know the process of getting the thread and getting the different colors and stuff like that, and then making the dresses and putting people out and doing a little bit of area control or you can hire different workers for your your hand that you're working with, a hand of cards, or you can put decorations out that score you end game points or maybe give you some modifiers at the end. So I enjoyed the whole process of doing all that stuff, but I was thinking the exact same thing that it, it, at the end of the game, it felt rinse and repeat. Like, okay, I'm just yeah. going to do this again to get this. I'm going to do this same thing to get that same thing. I still really liked it, mm-hmm. but it, it just fell short off my list. Yeah. And I would definitely, I'd play it again. You know, I'd play it every so often. I wouldn't want to play it too much because the replayability is a little lower but it's still a lot of fun playing yeah. the game and i would say if it if it count if it actually comes back in print that it would be one that i would look into getting possibly 
and because I I still liked it that much, but it was like, okay, if I play this another five or six times, am I going to get completely burned out of uh as long as you don't play it every too often but yeah it's it's a lot of fun though i still really enjoyed it. it still made my list but yeah that's the one negative that we pretty much both have yeah and there is an expansion for it i don't know what that adds if that changes it up a little bit who knows but that is my number four rococo yeah like i said it just it just fell short of my list so my number four it was a game that you got signed up on the geek list for and I didn't play it with you and Aaron. Um, instead, I wandered around the the vendor hall for a while yet. And you ended up getting it out of the library later in the day. And we played it that afternoon. And that was Russian Railroads. Didn't know what really what to expect, uh, but I liked it quite a bit. Basically, you are putting your workers on the board doing different actions and you're moving your rails along you're building your different types of rails so you start with the black rails you move those along the track then you can have your your gray rails and they don't score you they at least score you one point you can move those up and then you're moving your your different colored rails up the tracks and so on and you're it's just really it's a simple game really once you just you put your workers out, you take the actions, and it it played pretty quick. And, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, was, like it the, was a lot of fun. Like the complexity just comes in the, just the varying strategies and whatnot. There's basically four different tracks that you can move up and combo in it as best you can, most yeah. efficiently. I won't talk about it too much. It'll be showing up later on my list. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll talk about it later. <clears throat> but that is my... My number four, Russian Railroads. All right, my number four, I Ryan already said, and that is the Fox in the Forest by Renegade Games. I liked it a lot. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna see quite a bit of play out of this one. Glad I picked it up. Like everything we've said already mm-hmm. is, you know, we touched on it all. Yep. It's good stuff. Yep. I really like the artwork. It's not like, like the cover looks really nice. The cards aren't like, boom, mind blowing or anything. But it's no. nice art. Yeah. And so, yeah, Fox in the Forest. Yeah, number four. So my number three is a game in a trilogy of games, and that is a game by Plan B, and that is Century: A New World. And we got to demo that. We played about through half the game. I guess the main complaint that people had are, and I agree with them, the worker meeples are very very small. Yeah, they could have been probably at least double the size or more. And then the, uh, the, they're not even boards, but the place where you, the, where the worker action spots are actually printed on the game board. If you want to say it, it's this real thin, cheap cardboard or card stock. Yeah. That was my disappointment of the game was just the component quality. Obviously we're, we're always snobs looked, about... Yeah, it looked fine on the play mat for me, though. It didn't bother me at all on the play mat, but I could see if you didn't have that play mat and it's just sitting on your table, then it would be real lackluster. It would be sliding around. Yeah. But the meeples, yeah, they were definitely Tiny. they were definitely small. Yeah. It's kind of like those coins from Scoville where it's just ridiculously small and you're mm-hmm. thinking, <laughs> I'm supposed to like pick these up somehow, you know, type of thing. Yeah. With the tweezers. They, yep. The, uh, I, I really like the art on it. 
that looked really good. They had the the bowls that they had the cubes in, you know, big chunky cubes, nice plastic bowls. So that stuff was good. But yeah, the player mats, the player boards, and the meeples were disappointing. Yeah. So the gameplay wise, um, worker placement game, you're putting your workers out. You're also trying to do just like uh, the first game, basically a recipe. You're trying to complete resources to get a recipe to score but yeah it's um you're doing that you can get some end game scoring cards which is kind of like a set collection type thing or just different things i think i like this one i'll wait till i play it a couple times but i like this better than the other two um, i like the first one that's like kind of like a splendorish type uh second one was fine it was okay um i'm interested to see how stuff combos together if it works good if it doesn't but i do really like this one i think it's a good uh medium light i would say fillery worker placement type yeah game. it's definitely my favorite sentry game i like this one where you place the workers out you can't go where you've already gone but you can go where someone else has gone and it bumps and they actually get those workers back yeah so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. so yeah that is my number three century a new world yeah it uh it did not make my list but uh it was it definitely one that uh, I'd be interested in checking out again and uh, had a good time playing it. So, Tim, what's your number three? My number three is a game that I demoed by myself, and I ended up buying, and it's been one I've been wanting to pick up, and that is Crusaders. They will be done. At least all five of your games aren't ones that you played without us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny if they were all just... None. Yeah. Well, it was like last year. Everyone's favorite game was the one that we didn't play with Aaron, Teotihuacan. Yeah. You mean Michael? <laughs> Probably a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the gist of this game is you're, you're moving your knights on the board, and basically it's just a little guy and a horse, and you can go out and fight these different factions. But really, not fighting them. You're just doing the actions. But uh, the main thing is that you have the little rondelle. You have your actions on this little, uh, like, Mancala type of style. So you're going to pick up. So if I have three in the move action, I'm going to do three movements, but then you're going to drop them along. So other actions that you don't take for a while, they're going to get kind of beefier. They're going to give you better. They're yep. going to give you more stuff. And you, through the game, you're kind of building yourself up. You're kind of building that engine up because you're unlocking different buildings. So you're going to put out different... Uh, like a bank. So then on your turn, when you do that, you get more um, more uh, money or reputation throughout the game. So it, it just helps. It's got that engine builder. It's got that Mancala style, which I think is really interesting. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I only played the demo, so I'm really excited to see the full game and see how it plays out. So Yeah, I like the... I like the the game looks great like the artwork yeah, and the, the components really cool. and all that stuff and i like the idea of like the moncala i think a lot of games use that i know trajan uses it a bunch of others so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see using that yeah. how that works so that is my number three crusaders that will be done my number three i picked up on the first day run I, there was a second stop i made and that was at stronghold games i looked forward to it because it had that advanced planning uh, mechanism, but you could kind of pay to change what you'd picked, and that is Valparaiso. Val- Valparaiso. 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 Something like that. Anyways, it's 
everyone starts the game with the same eight action cards. Basically, you're trading goods, you're getting bet- different goods, you're loading your cargo hold and your ship, and you're shipping it out to get better action cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of upgrading yourself, and I like the... You have you pick everyone simultaneously picks their cards for the round and plans their actions accordingly, does them, and it's kind of a race to eighteen points. Once eighteen, someone as soon as someone hits eighteen points, the game will end. Or if you can't fill the market row up top uh, in one of the sectors, the game will end. And that you know, for that type of game played really fast and i like that i like that we could knock out a little euro like that in like 40 minutes 45 minutes so that was fun for me mm. artwork's fine components are all right you know it's just meeples components it's just are fine yeah they're good meeples yeah i i they got thick cardboard yeah yeah <laughs> player boards are thick yeah they know what's up i, I like the art like if you look mm-hmm. at the box closely it show it almost looks like uh, I think it's Michael Menzel. I can't remember for sure, but yeah, they're yeah. It's, it's good on it. But yeah, I, I like the art a lot. Um, I like the pre-planning. You're trying to combo all your cards, but it kind of, I don't know. It was just okay with our first play. Yeah. I mean, I, we had the well, we the said. scoring kind of mucked up midway through, but other than that, I... I, I want to try it again, definitely. And it, I, I think it would be a good review one. Coming yeah, up. definitely. But, um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see it again. But my first play, it was, I'm not sure about it yet. Well, it was a learning game and I was teaching it. So right. you got that going. Against right. It. I, <laughs> so don't, don't, you know, people listening, don't, you know, take that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not too much of a learning game, though, because it's a pretty light it's like a medium light yeah, it's type Euro game. Yeah. But uh, like you said, Aaron, it, it shines in the fact that it plays an hour or less. Um, my favorite part of the game is that programming worker placement type thing. You're playing those cards, program your actions that you want to take. Um, yeah, I, I probably like it a little bit more than you, Tim. I'm still kind of like, I don't fully know what I think. Another mm-hmm. player or two, and then it's going to develop more how I feel about it long term. Right. It's slightly better than okay i guess it's right around that it's it's all right i definitely played again i really like the planning of the cards though mm-hmm. the actions can feel a little bit rinse and repeaty there's kind of a, two ways you can go about either getting those upgrade cards to score points or just delivering to the market or whatever that is so yeah i don't know we'll see yeah i'm with you there my we'll number see. three <laughs> my number two is a game by Plaid Hat Games, and that was a demo, and that is Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. Yes. This is also my number two. Okay. Yeah. So the girl demoing it for us, she was having a lot of fun. We were having a lot of fun, you know, just joking around about the theme and all that stuff. We played maybe a turn or two, so we didn't get a full feel of it, but what I saw, I liked the theme is really cool yeah um you're kind of basically a resource management worker placement (coughs) (coughs) 
kind of like a resource management worker placement type game and then it had like a i guess you'd say a twist there a little different mechanic it's not crossroads from dead of winter but there's basically events that pop up yeah. some of them just occur some of them only occur if people do certain things and then they trigger yeah. And you read like some flavor text and all that stuff. And yep. You make decisions in the think. rule book. You kind of flip through and you look back yeah. and you read the little paragraph yep. out. Yeah, I, we didn't see any of those. We talked about it and she kind of showed us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't get to, I guess, experience it, but it's there. Um, and I, I'd really like to see how that kind of changes things up or kind of it helps add to the theme. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the worker placement. You're dragging bodies out of the cemetery or the morgue, you know, and you're using the resources. And it's cool. The resources kind of decompose after the round. Yep. Slowly. And you can mitigate that by getting ice to yep. slow it down There's different and locations all that you can stuff. Go to. You're trying to uh, basically basically make another Frankenstein so he has a companion. Yep. So you're trying to animate this body uh, yeah, and bring and it to it, life. I, I got to say, I like the theme, the, you know, the dark you know frankenstein you're basically trying to resurrect these different body parts into one <laughs> and it's kind of it's you you got some of the actions you do like you said you can drag you can go to the cemetery you can go dig up graves you can go you can jump somebody in the alley so you get <laughs> yeah. fresh body parts so as, as dark as the theme is it really comes through and you know it, it it really it really does it well yeah and it was cool there's three different tracks on the game there's basically your um your brain or your knowledge yep um you got like your uh humanity so yep. you, you know you're doing good deeds and like not doing that jumping someone in the alley type thing and that gets you points i think at the end or is this access to different actions or it might help or hurt you in some cases so yeah, there's three different tracks like that. The only negative I have right now is the player boards. So the dials have these like push-in buttons where they kind of connect to each other. And on the bottom, it's real thin. It's that cardstock. Yeah. And you can just basically it's bend it real easily. Yeah, that that seemed really chintzy, but everything else was everything really else good, was really good your quality. standard plaid hat, nice quality. I'm yeah. really excited to hopefully. Someone picks it up, try it at some point. I think this could be yeah, could be a good one. And I think it was a Gen Con release. Yeah, is what yep. they were saying. And yeah, I, if you don't pick it up, or if you don't pick it up, Aaron, I'm I'm definitely looking it, at it. It seems like a uh, good thematic midweight euro. Yeah, it looks really cool. Interested to see the full play, what it's like. Yeah, it's. Uh, I could barely get a feel for it with what I did in the game anyways. But yeah. once we did like the one round of where where you actually like go through the round, it I could start to see things happening. I could start to see everything started to click and then it was like, oh we're done. Mm -hmm. But that's it, a demo, it, that's it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it could be good. But for me, you know, like you had said, for what little we saw the game, you know, we didn't see everything of it. And it's hit my number two. I'm it's got that potential. It has a ton is, of potential, yes. This is the thing that basically made it hit my number two for me. Yeah. And so that's both of our number twos. It's a dual win on our two. It's a dual win. That's the uh, <laughs> that's Abomination, the Era of Frankenstein. Yep. So my number two, then, is a game where the rope is important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a game by Smirk and Laughter. It's called Shobu or Shubu, something like that. Um 
it's an abstract strategy game, white versus black, and you're playing on four boards, four separate boards. You, one side is your uh, home boards, and the other side is the other person's home boards, obviously. And you're making a passive move on one side, and then you're replicating that move with one of your stones on the opposite colored board with any one of those stones making an aggressive action. And the goal is to push all of the opponent's stones off of the board on one of the boards. And it's just, it, it, it's got this cool puzzly, you know, moving around thing going on with it. And I really liked it. Um, quick. Yeah, when I first saw it and you got it, all I thought was, oh boy. Well, you're here's, yeah, you're here's the another. You the abstract. hate abstracts. Yeah. I'm like, I'll play them and then decide. I'm not like interested in them, but Aaron will buy them and yeah. I'll try them out. Well, and they're, they're they're hit or miss for me. Yeah, they're so miss for you. I'll I'll almost always try Aaron's abstracts, mm-hmm. but I have not enjoyed them very much. So that was my first thought. Was oh boy, here's <laughs> another. Here we go. And I was pleasantly surprised i really liked the uh the passive action that you do on one board because you can't affect your opponent's stones on your passive boards but then you can be you do the same move diagonal as an aggressive action and that's where you can bump people around and i it's my favorite abstract at this point well, that's you, not saying much. I know that, but I I, <laughs> I, I did enjoy the game though. I, I thought it was really good. Well, yeah, I really like that. You know, part part of the strategy is like with that passive action is not always to use your aggressive action as aggressive, but yeah. it could also be to block. Yeah, you're something that they can. Near the end of the game, you're more trying to block someone else off <laughs> while also opening up moves for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's got that double dynamic yeah this one just missed my list as in my honorable mention and we are kind of walking by the game that opening thursday and i was like oh you're talking about the game and mm-hmm. you kind of, i was like well you want to demo it and you kind of kept walking i was like well you want to try it out and you, it didn't seem like you wanted to but then we ended up sat down played it yeah did, and i did, really did you rope them in i'd probably be the only with, use with for that the, rope yeah <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not my favorite abstract, but I do like it. I'd play it again. And the rope is absolutely pointless. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it separates your... It's a non-existent gimmick. It's, it separates <laughs> your passive actions to your aggressive actions. Yeah, if you can't remember that, the two boards in front of you <laughs> and the two boards away from you, you, you got more problems than the rope. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. But yeah, it's just... I like the natural feel of it too. It's you know you got the stones and you got the wooden boards, yada yada. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be playing it out in the woods nude or something if that's what you're talking you, about. You, you could though. You could just you could just find different color stones. <laughs> you wouldn't be playing it with me. <laughs> <laughs> you could easily play it without the board. Yeah, because you could you could go out you there. Could just you could on sand. Yeah, you could draw the lines in the sand and then uh, grab some stones. There you go. And you could play out in the woods naked, right? That's uh, Aaron's a, number two, Shobu. You're a revolutionary. <laughs> By Smirk and Laughter, yeah. right? So my number one is a, another game from the Geek List that we signed up to play. I initially signed up. Two people had to drop out. I 
told the guy, I was like, hey, you know, with a couple of my buddies, I'll see if they want to join in. Aaron wanted to join in. Tim didn't want to play. That is Russian Railroads, and we actually played it in Russian. <laughs> so that was awesome. What could be more fitting than that, huh? Yeah, that's my number one, too. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, uh, this was the one. Well, I signed up for it. I wanted to play it. It's out of print. I was pretty excited. Yeah. I'm thinking, I think I'm going to like it. I liked it more than I thought. I really enjoy this game. Um, I would consider buying it even at like a hundred bucks or a little over. I think it's generally costs more than that new. I think you could get used probably cheaper, you know. So it's on the fence of buying it for that price. But I really like the worker placement. It's very tight and there's a lot of jostling and fighting for certain spots. It also depends on what strategy people are pursuing. So I think it would be best at four even and it the geek it definitely is too mm-hmm. or three it's still good but then you want to go for the strategy that is the least pursued strategy is what's going to help you the most but you're moving up these moving your rails up to score points and then to score bonus points tons of points scored in the game oh, tons yeah. of points and you're going up four tracks uh the last one is the industry track and that one you know it's all sorts of bonus points and bonus abilities and one-time effects and i just I really enjoy this game, the comboing and how you're building up. You're basically you're comboing your engine, and it gets each round you score more points, more points, more points, and it's just a lot of fun. I think like, the guy did a great job teaching us, you know. So as we he taught us well enough, we just played it the one time that night. We were able to teach Tim and play it smoothly. Yep, definitely. I th- I think one of my favorite parts is just how those engineers slide down and become like temporary actions for a round or two mm-hmm. that you can take and then boom, you can buy an engineer. And mm-hmm. yep. That was really cool. Yeah, I like how yeah, different worker spots that are showing. And then you also have the, uh, I like how you can grab an engine, a locomotive, and use it for its locomotive. Or you can flip it for its industry yeah. tile too. Yep. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I talked about it uh, briefly earlier. And yeah, it's. Uh, I would definitely recommend that ryan you buy it <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you're considering it i'm considering it for you <laughs> yeah. so i mean it, yeah it's i'm sure if i do end up caving and buying it it'll come out like six months later and get printed again and be, you know, <laughs> less than half the price you should but, just see if you can get a foreign copy yeah I'd, i i mean i could and then just print off the rules i don't have a printer but they have you know you, all you gotta I've do got is a printer print off the rule book is all you need yeah if you go and buy it I'll, that's what I'll most people now do from yeah. the u.s they're like oh i can't get this game you, they buy the cheap edition overseas and print off a rule book for it so i mean yeah it's definitely something i'm considering i'm sure the more i think about it the more i'm going to want it because that really was a lot of fun for me and keep keep thinking about it that is mine and aaron's number one mm-hmm. russian railroads and i don't really know what your number one's going to be tim no it's I it don't really have a do you, you don't you want to guess on it or not I not quite sure what else you demoed that I wasn't there for, but Shobu. My guess is Pandemic Fall of Rome, Flame Rogue, maybe Trickerian. I don't. I don't know. It's probably Trickerian. Not sure. Yeah. So my number one, it is Trickerian. That surprises me. Really. This. There's a good amount of interaction in there. You're growing as a gamer, expanding your horizons. 
There wasn't that much no, but ratty I mean, interaction. You can you can really screw people. There's a, a couple times where I just wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, I'm going to perform this card. And then someone's ahead of me on the days and actually performs that card. And like Aaron performed it. And I'm like, oh, crap. Why did I bring my magician to the, the theater? And, oh, see, you know, that as far as that goes, that didn't bother me. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't bother me either. I'm just it's typically surprising. It's typically card ratty card play. That okay. It's like, like out of nowhere type stuff. Yeah, that you, or if, you know, someone just. Yeah, keeps hammering you yeah. repeatedly. Okay. So like something like that, you know, if you don't pre-plan it and you just kind of muff something up yourself and then you get kind of screwed over that's that's on me then you know and i i didn't have that happen to me too often because there there are a lot of uh theaters that you can perform on those cards so it's not like it's not like you only have like two theaters that you can put your tricks on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it just kind of it, it didn't feel as interactive as it maybe was yeah. If that makes sense. There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot different stuff going on. And yeah, but, uh, you know, again, I know we talked about it earlier. I I was not really looking forward to playing it. <laughs> I wanted to, but it was like, yeah, I, you... I don't know. But I was, I was really surprised with it. I had a good time playing it. And, uh, yeah, and that's why it made my number one. I, I like how heavy it was. You know, you're kind of pre-planning what materials you're going to grab as well. Mm-hmm. Because you might be planning for higher tricks. Now, yep. I I didn't really go for higher tricks, and obviously you could tell that my score. Yeah, well, first play, first you're, play you're getting the right. basics down. So that's why I didn't really go hard for the new tricks because it was like, okay, I'm trying to figure everything else out. Yeah, I'm trying to just get the basics down, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I'm really looking forward to playing again and. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to hear you actually enjoyed it so I could pick it more on game days and I don't need to feel guilty. <laughs> um, Sounds like Tim might even be picking it. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't go that far. No, don't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's got, uh, I love the long-term planning in the game. It's got your tactical as well, cause, but the uh, the program worker placement, I really, really like that. You know, the start of each round, you plan, okay, I want to go to the downtown or the marketplace, but man, is Aaron going to go there with his first worker or his third worker? Do I think I'm going to get the extra bonus spot? Yeah, it's, but yeah, glad to hear you liked it. <laughs> I love that when I said it, I could tell in your demeanor, you're like getting all like well, giddy over there. I, you're, I, you're... It's not a game I expected you to like, actually. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I like it. I like cool. it quite a bit. Yeah. So now that that wraps up our top five, how did you want to look back and see what um, how your 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 top five from last episode? Yep, pre origins top five, yeah, and if kinda, we played them or anything, do a quick rundown. Yeah, kind of take a look back, yep. see what. You, so I'll go in order for my five. My number five was Space Gate Odyssey. That actually was not at the convention. Barrage. We, me and Aaron, kind of got a little overview on it. Just a quick overview from the designer Simone Luciani, and he's a very nice gentleman. That was a lot of fun. Him explaining the game to us, and we got to meet him and. Say hi to him. So that one I still am excited for. Um, interested in trying that out sometime. Uh, my number three was a demo of Abomination to Aaron Frankenstein, and that obviously hit my number two on my post-Origins list. Uh, my number two I didn't demo or play, but I did buy it, and that is Pipeline. And that seemed like one of the harder games at the convention. 
I'm hoping to get the rules right up and picking that for next game day. Yeah. Hopefully we can do a review of that soon as well. And my number one was also not available at the convention, and that releases, I believe, Gen Con, Essen, that time frame, uh, Teotihuacan expansion, the late pre-classic period. I already they, know what the expansion entails. But yeah, they were taunting you. They had the box. <laughs> I know. I like grabbed <laughs> the box and instantly started looking at the back, <laughs> and I'm like, "Do you guys have this available to like demo or check out?" He's like, "No," you know. And then he's kind of telling me about it, yeah. and whatnot. Hmm. So I guess for mine is one wasn't there. I bought one. Another one stayed on my list. But the tail, yeah. So I was pretty happy with all mine. Okay. So I'll be honest. I am a little disappointed with my pre-origins list because I'm looking at it. Um, <laughs> football highlights 2052. They said they were gonna have it for demo. They had the box sitting at the booth. You could demo looking at the box. You could you could look at the box. So I looked at the box on that one. Um, <laughs> my number four lockup a role player's tale. Okay. Uh, they did not have it in their booth to demo. But they told me if I went into the other hall and found Keith, the designer, okay, uh, or the the owner of Thunderworks Games, if I found him, then he had copies that he was running demos of, okay, um, and I just did you just not. didn't seek it out. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't go in the other hall. I wasn't yeah. sure exactly where they were, so I did not see that one. So my number three, Magnastorm. I did purchase it. They did not have it for demo at the booth which I, I really wanted to try to demo it for, but I obviously, it turns out I could have. I, I could have went into the capstone room and read the rules myself, but I was too lazy to do that at the convention. So <laughs> I, um, I, I just I bought the game. So that was a, that was a plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, Dwellings of Eldervale. I mentioned it earlier. I was annoyed with how they had the demo process. So I looked at the cool pieces and I walked away. And number one was U-Boot. Uh, we got to see it. They did not really run demos of it. And they had it for sale for 100 bucks. And the thing that really discouraged me was I mentioned it in our last episode that I was interested in maybe getting it and playing it solo. Because a game like that, I don't know how often it would ever come out. Yeah. And the the gentleman explaining the game to me he said you definitely want to play it with four people every time cuz you're probably controlling cuz you're controlling yeah, each character much. so it was that's it, bummer yeah it looked awesome on the table i was uh i was pumped to look at it uh took some pictures of it and he explained everything it looked cool and um yeah that's that's as far as that went but yeah, I'm I'm disappointed in that I wish I could have been able to play. I wish it was more accessible as like a solo or maybe even a two-player game. But uh maybe it maybe it is yet, I don't know. But that's my uh that's my list. I looked at uh, I looked at two of them, couldn't find one, bought one and walked away from the demo for the other one. <laughs> Aaron? Well, I don't remember the order of my top five, but I had, let's see, Barrage was on there, Pipeline, Nevada City. Um, did they did Val- they have that at all? Nevada, Nevada City? City? <clears throat> they said they had it over in some other room. You okay. could check it out. A different hall or whatever. Yeah, like Rio Grande, the, yeah. whatever they had. Oh, they had their own yeah. little room, like Capstone. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So, so I never even saw the box. Um, Valp. 
I mean, that's on us. We just didn't seek, yeah. It, seek it yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Valparaiso. Valparaiso. It's yeah, there Valparaiso. You go. Valparaiso. <laughs> and Shobu. So, Barrage looked cool. And that's about all I can say about it. <laughs> um, we got a little bit of a thing from Simone Luciani. That was cool. Um, Valparaiso, Valparaiso, I obviously got, and it made my list. I liked that. Um, Shobu, the same, made my list. Mm-hmm. Also got it. And Nevada City, yeah, that was a disappointment. But And Pipeline, you got. I didn't get a chance to demo but I'm excited to try that. It looks really cool. It took up a huge bit of table too. Yeah, but it's it looked big table presence. Yeah, I, I'm all right with that. <laughs> That's what I got. I'm not disappointed with mine, other than I would have liked to at least seen Nevada City. So I think the convention overall was a great time, great experience, meeting a lot of new people, talking to people. Playing games, playing new games, yeah. old games. I thought it was awesome. I can't wait for next year. It's always sad leaving, and I love Origins. Can't oh, yeah. wait. Yep. Yeah, and that's you know obviously one of the biggest draws to coming to a big convention like this is just, I mean, meeting so many different people that, you know, we maybe interact with on Twitter or Instagram, whatever the case is. Uh, and the random people you get to meet. Yeah, the random people. With. Uh, you know, so it's it's just great meeting different uh, people, talking to different people, talking to different designers, mm-hmm. um, pulling out games from the game library that we we've been wanting to try, but we don't want to buy it yet. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's always it's always a blast. And Steve, if you're out there, I forgot your last name, but it was great to meet you. Oh, that's right. You glad got, you enjoy uh, the show. Yeah. It is now time for our review of Fury of Dracula. Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition was designed by Frank Brooks, Kevin Wilson, and Stefan Hand, and published by Fantasy Flight Games in 2015. It plays 2-5 to five players in 120 to 180 minutes. Fury of Dracula is a hidden movement game where one player plays Dracula, trying to spread his influence throughout Europe. The hunters are trying to track down and kill Dracula and his reign of terror. The game is played in day and night phases, with Dracula being more threatening at night. During the game, Dracula will be moving around the board, spawning new vampires, and placing encounter cards in locations he moved into with an endgame goal of gaining influence and fighting off the hunters. The hunters will be working to figure out where Dracula is located, tracking him down, and defeating him to win the game. What do you feel about the production quality in this one? I would say it's it's good. The miniatures are a good quality. The art's okay on it. I guess the art fits the theme, kind of the darker gothic horror mm-hmm. of the map in a sense. Why are you giving me that look? That, I like the artwork a lot on this. Well, that's your big, really? Yeah. I like the look. I'm not saying I'm down on it. I'm. It's fine. It's but... got I just like classical, just old-timey horror look. It brings me into the theme more. Okay. I um, really like I, the map. Yeah, I like the map and the art. It a lot. Yeah. I, I thought it was fine. Oh. I the my. I thought the miniatures were kind of. I mean, it's fantasy flight, so they're nice, but they're, meh. They're fine. They're fine. It's better than the, noobs. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say I like the the art on the player boards. Mm-hmm. I like the art all around, like the 
the influence track art, you know, the map, like you said, Aaron. I I like the artwork all over the place. It's got card cool. art's good too. Yeah. yeah, the I do like the influence track. The kind of the little sun mm-hmm. face. face. Yeah, the, like the evil face. And then as you progress through the weeks, you place the despair tokens on the on the uh, on the little devil sun, mm-hmm. and it kind of uh, it makes it more you know it. It shows, you know, the the corruption of the land in a sense, but it shows like the the sun's getting more and more evil. Sure. In a way. You don't like the artwork that much? That was really cool. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's artwork. It's subjective, but yeah, no, it maybe because it's it's that tan kind of darker. Like I said, it, I think it fits the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't. I don't think it pops. Other than the the card art in the, well, it's not like bright and cutesy. No, and I I, but... I know that, but I think the box cover is just okay. Yeah, Dracula looks okay. On yeah, the cover and whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, I had uh, I like the production quality. I think it's good. It's uh, t- your typical fantasy flight production, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then uh, the next category, I think, is where. For some of us, it really comes out. Theme? Theme? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, f- I feel the theme. I, I feel like you might be referring to me. I'm a minority here. <laughs> I, I like might. the theme of the game yeah, yeah. a lot. Um, but do you feel the theme? <laughs> Just crickets. <laughs> crickets in the background. <laughs> um, I'll wait till we get into gameplay more. Okay. <laughs> I haven't played as Dracula, so this is something to keep track of throughout the review and i'll probably mention a couple more times in mm-hmm. like the gameplay and final thoughts but when i'm the hunters uh, yeah i mean i just it's to me it's your basic kind of i mean not basic but your hidden movement game you're just trying to track them down but i don't feel like i don't know it's that big a th- threat you know what now like, oh boy dracula super scary he's gonna get me oh boy super serious but i no, i like the idea of the theme of this game and the artwork for me brings me into a little bit more i think there's definitely it's definitely thematic in a lot of ways yeah like i like the the day night how that works he is more threatening during the night yeah during the day it's a little easier to move to and whatnot um gets hurt at sea that kind of thing so yeah I would actually say that it, it is pretty thematic. It yeah, it holds it holds true to the Sorry. the subject matter very well. You know, uh the book Dracula, it it it's more of the hunters trying to find Dracula. Like, you know, they figure out who he is and what he is and they start to go after him. You know, it's not really that spooky like, "Oh my god, I'm yeah, scared." The, you know, it's in this you you know, you where the book is obviously different because you're you're figuring out who is Dracula and all this stuff. Yeah, because you you learn who he is, but um, it's but I I do feel like it does follow the you know the subject and or the book of Dracula fairly well, where the hunters are hunting him down and they're they're trying to corner him and maybe they find someone that was bit by dracula so they have they have to get in a fight with that person and you know put a stake through their heart Mm -hmm. and they're slowly closing in on dracula and 
I guess depending on what side you're playing, hopefully that you're doing that, but maybe you're playing Dracula and you don't want that. So, <laughs> but you know, as far as theme goes, I I feel it. Uh, I feel it pretty well. Yeah, I think it's a pretty strong theme with getting all the different kind of cards that are the weapon cards for fighting Dracula. You know, your classic vampire, not the this new age type. <laughs> um, so it. it brings that yeah, out. Yeah, it's not I your think. Twilight vampires. It, exactly. It, it's it got that good old-fashioned vampire vibe that really comes out, I think, in card play anyways. That's all I got for it. That's all I got. Just the card play? I don't know. I'm just... That's the thematic part for me. So, Tim, being it's your game. Yes. How do you feel about the gameplay in this one? Uh, you know, I've talked about it a few times, and I'm sure... Made a lot of you guys' lists. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's not going to surprise you, but I like this one quite a bit. Uh, you know, even our last play, um, where I played as Dracula, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I like the... You know, there's it's not as tense as other hidden movement games, which we'll get to later in the episode, um, but I... I did feel the tension where I'm, you know, slowly moving Dracula across the board and mm-hmm. the hunters are slowly closing that net around and, you know, they find a card early in the trail and they can start to kind of weed out where I might be. And then they also have to decide if they're going to just keep chasing me or if they're going to try to uncover some of these cards that I've laid on the trail. Uh, so it's kind of a fun little you know, what do you do, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I, I like it quite a bit. I, I'll leave you. <laughs> we'll leave you. We'll so leave I, me to counter you guys at the end. <laughs> so I've got <laughs> two different thoughts on gameplay, being from the perspective of one of the hunters and one from as Dracula. Now, as the hunters... It's best to play two, so you always kind of feel like you've got something to do. Otherwise, you kind of sit around waiting. Um, I, because it, it feels like you get more. But also in our last game, where you had one hunter that was way mm-hmm. off, and you spent pretty much the entire game trying to catch back up. Uh, we've seen that um, in that game, and then also the the first time we played it where we all played one hunter and the guy the random guy playing with us he got stuck out at sea and he just kind of kept moving back and forth and really didn't do much yeah so you know there is that where you might get kind of left off on your own and do anything for two three hours yeah (laughs) so (laughs) so yeah i i do i agree with you recommend that you play with two yeah hunters yeah well to that point as Dracula, I feel like, I don't know, I'm powerful and I'm leaving this trail of the undead essentially behind me or the, the bodyguards, blah, 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 and I'm just being very elusive and that feels a lot more thematic too as well and it's just a lot more fun to play that way. As the hunters, it can be fun and it's kind of game dependent because sometimes one of your characters, you know, gets lost off in the yeah. middle of nowhere and you're just stuck just literally just moving with that person for an hour i what? definitely like the play <laughs> like looking over at me like no as we're t- i just kind of glance over at you and you're just like your head's uh. down <laughs> you just look depressed i definitely like the gameplay as dracula the hunters uh 
less. Yeah, for me, um, I mean, you guys both know that I'm way down on the game compared to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you guys, especially in our group, are definitely the most excited about it. You guys are picking it. It doesn't feel like anyone else is really there. Right. Um, I'm definitely not. Now, <laughs> we had played, now, obviously I'm going to give a little bit away, but we had played Specter Ops probably a year well before we had ever played this and you had mentioned tim that you had picked it up because i always had interest i'm like man i really like that there's fury of dracula there's a white chapel scotland yard and you said you picked this up i'm mm-hmm. like oh cool you know that's the coolest steam out of them really interested to try it out i really like specter ops and i just played it and it was just a big flop for me and it was really disappointing because i really thought i'd really enjoy this um, now I've played it, I've only played it three times and I've played it at three, four and five. So I controlled two hunters, one hunter, and I don't know if it was one or two of the other game. I have not played as Dracula though. And I was just really bored each time I had played it as a hunter. And the one game kind of went pretty fast. I think it was our second game we played. Yeah. Was that the one where I was getting that's my where, ass kicked that's by That's when Michael brother? kept... Well, I think he was the one that kept calling out where you were. I'm not sure who was fighting you and beating you up. It might have been all of us, yeah. but he kept predicting or guessing right yeah. on where you were. And that was definitely my funnest play because that one went way <laughs> quicker than the other ones. <laughs> but like the other times I played it, I was for, just for me. I mean, I was trying to get into it, but it just I'm grabbing a ship token. That's not exciting. And that's my turn. And I got to wait 10 minutes until everyone goes and Dracula goes, and then I get to move one spot yeah i just that is not (laughs) was not fun for me but i'd be willing to try it again i definitely want to play as dracula i don't if somebody really really wanted to play i would play as the hunters but i'm definitely not interested to play it otherwise (laughs) so it's one i really thought i would like and i was excited to play first too because i really liked the first hidden movement game i ever played and the theme on this one is great and i do think it's a thematic game and i like the artwork and i like the idea of it it was just uninteresting and too long for how uninteresting it was if it was a lot quicker i'd probably like it more so yeah that's mm-hmm. fair mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to be too big of a downer but <laughs> no and you know i I guess to add to your downerness. My negativity. Yeah. There we go. Um, That's a vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> what um, some of my negatives, like you said, the length, it can be long. And especially if you're playing a hunters, it can go. It, and that's it fine feels if it's longer. long. But, but, but it's... I, I think for what it is, it's, it's almost a little too long for what it is. Mm-hmm. Even though I still really enjoy the game. And as Dracula, I didn't mind how long it was but as a hunter doing more. yeah but as a hunter i do feel like it can be long but yeah i guess that would be my biggest uh negative for the game mm-hmm. tim being uh your game what are you going to give a final rating for fury of dracula this is the third edition i mean there's all sorts yeah. of editions out there but it isn't print again through WizKids, i believe yeah it's pretty much the same as this I'm, most part. I'm pretty sure i think it came okay. out with like painted miniatures but okay. some droopy miniatures yeah I that's kind of what they look like but um yeah so third edition uh the only one I've played I do enjoy it a lot and I would put it about at eight eight point five somewhere in that ballpark so I'm gonna have two different ratings for this game I think (laughs) 
<laughs> one playing as the hunters and one playing as Dracula. So as Dracula, I think I would give this game about a 7.5. Uh, and as the hunters, I think I'd give it about a 6. It's quite a big difference. So what's uh, the biggest maybe, uh, reason for that? Is it just... the I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm doing a darn thing as these hunters. Even with two hunters? Yeah. In uh, our last play was a little wishy-washy because another guy came in and I gave him one of my characters, you yeah. know. Okay. So and I gave him the one that was close to Dracula. So the rest <laughs> of the game, I was just you floundering know, around all, all the way, yeah, on the other side of the map, just doing nothing. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, maybe five point five to six as the hunters. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just dragging her down. Yeah. Huh. Maybe another play would change that, but as Dracula, it's a pretty solid game. What would you give it? If could you think of what you'd give it as a whole then, combined as a game? I mean, take uh, the average, six point yes. five. Really? I thought you liked this more. Yeah, I, I thought, did. I thought he'd be up <laughs> <laughs> that last play, or what yeah. was it? Wow, really? Yeah. Is it because I won? Well, <laughs> Is it because I won? <laughs> well, I mean, that does you know hurt. It does hurt a game. Yeah. So I know it did go longer too because. And Tim, you have only played as a hunters once, right? Mm, once think, or twice. I think Aaron played Dracula once. I think that's been the only person. I thought there was another I one. I might have played Dracula twice. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Because once yeah. at your place with uh, Marvelous. So do you have a dual rating yes. or is it about the same for you regardless? I would. Probably put it just a little bit lower, not, not nothing, much. nothing extreme. I'd probably put it at 8. like 2. a two five. Yeah, because I really thought, <laughs> Aaron, you'd like this. Yeah, a lot I thought more. You, Yeah, I did. But what I was gonna say is, you know, because um, it, it seems like if you're successful at playing Dracula, it does go longer. It's it the game takes longer to yeah, win as Dracula. Ba- a bad Dracula, it's gonna go faster. Yeah, or if the hunters get lucky and like just Stunning get right away the first a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so for me, my final rating, um, it's going to be a 6. For me, it just had so much potential, and it just fell flat. It flopped. It just skidded across the floor, and I got a bunch of floor burns playing this game. It just, I didn't have any fun any time, and I, I really, this is one of those games I was really trying to each time and the whole time, and that's why it just hurts. It just hurts me. Um, maybe if I played as Dracula, yeah, I might like it. But to me, and my rating might go up a little bit, but that's just a huge flaw for me in the game. Yeah. You play one half of the game and you're having a lot of fun, and you're playing the other half, and, and everyone not. else is playing. That's not. That's just really. That's a big drawback, and that's a huge flaw in the game for me. So even if I am playing Dracula, I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm having fun, but these hunters aren't having any fun. Like that just brings me down when mm-hmm. I'm playing the game. You know. Knowing that it's not nearly as interesting for them as it is for me. So yeah, I would give it a a solid six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if that concludes our review of Fury of Dracula, let's move on to our review of Specter Ops. Let's do it. Specter Ops was designed by Emerson Matsuchi and published by Plaid Hat Games in 2015. Plays 1 to 5 players in 60 to 120 minutes. Spectre Ops is a hidden movement game where one player plays an agent trying to move about a warehouse, destroying objectives, while everyone else plays hunters trying to capture the agent. 
The game ends after the agent is either captured and the hunters win the game, or when the agent destroys all of his objectives and escapes the facility, leading to an agent victory. Each turn, the agent will secretly move around on the game board, slinking his way through this massive warehouse using equipment to stay hidden from the rabid hunters. The hunter's location, meanwhile, are known while trying to search out the agent using their slick abilities throughout the game. The team who best gets into the mind of the other players to predict their movement will win the game. How do you feel about the production quality in Spectre Ops? Yeah, I think it'd be right in line with uh, Fury of Dracula. Maybe even a little bit better for me. Miniatures are great. I really like the artwork, the th like the look of the board. It... Yeah, that's what I would say. I really it's, like that like weird sheen yeah, it has like a to glossy, it. Yeah, it's glossy, flashy. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. And you would think it would be really hard to see in some lighting, but it's I haven't ever had a problem. We've even tried playing it like in low light just because it, it looks really it cool. Almost, it almost <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would agree. I really like the art on this one. I like the, you know, the miniatures look good. The art on the cards for the players, you know, they look good. Um the board, it really, the board is what it really, really pops. pops and looks cool. It gives you that, for me, it brings me, speaking on theme, it brings me into that theme where I feel like it's dark out. I'm undercover at night, kind of going into this warehouse yeah. and sneaking around. You're kind of like trying to dodge the, the lighting. Yeah, and... it's just really, it's a really cool looking board, and I hope to see a board like that in other games. But yeah. it really mm -hmm. fits in this one. So my only negative, though, is the the numbers. For the tiles, they can be I, they can be hard to see. At I times. haven't had a problem with that, but I could definitely see if you're at the right angle. Yeah, or the the light might be reflecting off, and it just kind of yeah, you know, and it's yeah. not a huge gripe, but it, it's yeah, you just there crane little, your neck yeah. a quarter inch and you can see. But yeah, <laughs> I could see where that would be a problem, definitely. I mean, some of the little chits are you know they're fine. It's okay car cardboard. You know, it's nothing spectacular like what like the stun grenades. Yeah, or, they're just real what, small because yeah. they gotta fit inside it, those squares. They serve their yeah. purpose and they yeah. do just fine. It's not really a complaint. Yeah, it'd be cooler if they had like little miniature grenades. Yeah. Like they yeah. just like pulse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then we'd be talking. Yeah, yeah right. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah, it's, uh, I think it's good production quality, so. Yeah, I think they made a good call on using that like finish on the board. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, if you're walking by the board on this one, you're definitely going, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What is this? And you're, you're checking that out because yeah, it just real definitely. flashy. Looks like yeah, you know, on the the cover of the box too. I mean, it looks it really it shines. It looks good. It's good. So we talked a little bit about theme, but uh, how does it feel for you, Tim? The theme, um, I do feel it uh, quite a bit. You know, when you're playing the agent sneaking in, it's real tense. Slinking. Um, when you're <laughs> when you're slinking in, sorry. <laughs> When you're slinking in, it, you know, you really feel the pressure right away. And it there's not really a buildup. So we talked about Fury of Dracula. And there's almost like a buildup for the hunters to get to Dracula to feel comfortable fighting him. This, it's like right in your face. It's right away on both sides. You feel threatened immediately, uh, you know, as the... the agents coming into the building you know because we've we've played quite a bit and one of the strategies that we do right away is doing the sensor on the car is that right and it tells you if you've moved 
East or more. West. So you're talking about the motion sensor. If you move the agent three or more spaces, you must announce which direction okay. relative to the vehicle. Yeah, and that's it always seems like that's our opening defense to figure out which way the person went. Um Well, you can only you can't do it the first turn. Yeah, you have well, to be in the vehicle at the start of your turn. Yeah. So typically how the game starts is that we move the car up, a bunch of people pile out, one person stays in the car, and then they trigger it right away. Or I think the dummy can trigger it. Yeah. That's his kind of special. Usually the second turn, you're, tr- you're triggering that motion sensor. Yeah, and I, I always I always feel like that's our second move in the game. Um, but... It just shows that that tension's there right away on both sides. You're trying to figure out which way. See, and I like where the hunt or the the agent just doesn't move three. Then that way, you just like wasted your yeah action. Yeah, and I I get that as far as gameplay, but I, w- I always feel like that's our our starting strategy, mm-hmm. at least on the the hunter side. Yeah, you want to know which way he went. Right, getting you want to get after that little punk. <laughs> So yeah, the theme for me is it's all there. It's uh, between the components and artwork and the game board, and then as soon as I'm in there as the agent, I'm already I'm sweating. Yep, I'm just <laughs> profusely sweating. I yeah. got the shakes. I'm looking around. Um, when I'm the hunters, I'm just like, where where is this? Where is this guy? Like, I want to find this little shithead. This little rat. <laughs> yeah, I just want to beat the piss out of him and capture him and yeah. see what he was planning on doing. So, yeah, the theme is, it's all there for me. Um, how do you feel about it, Darren? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, the board setting, like just the layout and the look of it really play into that theme of your slinking around this warehouse. And I really do feel like I'm a hunter. Like if I'm the the wolf dude, the werewolf essentially, I'm out yeah. there sniffing around. Yep. Just, yeah, yeah. It's just... <laughs> What I love, yeah, that that's just that's really cool. So that theme, theming is good. I like too when uh, you're just super close to each other, and the agent knows. Even the hunters might know it sometimes. And you're like, he's literally like a space away diagonal, yep. so he can't see you. You're, you're hiding behind something. Yep. <laughs> it's always stressful when the when the hunters are planning their turn, and they're like, oh, let's let's try you know N sixteen, and that's where you yeah. are, and you're like. Yeah, you're, you're trying not to show yeah, it. You're trying to hold the same face <laughs> no matter what or, like, throw them off or yeah. just gaming it a little huh? bit. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot would go there. <laughs> Shit, why did I go to N17? Why did I go there? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for theme. Yeah. We we touched on some gameplay, but uh, yeah. give us some d- deeper thoughts. So this is the hidden movement game that I want to play. I've only played a couple of them. This is the first one I've played, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy the tension of it, and it's there from the get-go, and it plays super quick, typically an hour, and the game's over with. I like, even, we've probably had a couple games that have been blowouts, like where the hunters catch them and beat them up, but it's still fun, because as that agent, you can get down to one hit point, and you can just still arm these other objectives and escape. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of games where, it's been one hit point away, and you're like just right next to him when he escapes, or he was a turn away from escaping, but he got caught and killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really uh, I like how simple the game is, but 
but it doesn't get in the way. But it still feels like I have a lot to chew on or think about just because you're trying to get in the head of the other player. That both sides have little abilities and whatnot. I think it scales great from two to four. I have never played it with five. I know, Tim, you had mentioned you'd want to try it. I probably wouldn't, but I'd be willing to try it once, but I don't think I would enjoy it. With There's like a trader mechanic, Yeah, how that works. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how it would work and kind of pull it together. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying I would like it necessarily, but I definitely want to try it sometime. I do enjoy playing it just as multiple hunters when I play with two, but I like playing it just with one hunter as well because you kind of really hone in on your special abilities when you're doing that yeah like if you're the gun you're sitting on the streets patrolling the streets a little bit and helping out and when you're the uh wolf you know you're getting right in there just sniffing around and Mm -hmm. but yeah i uh i like just getting in the head of the other players when you're the agent and you misdirect them and they think you're (laughs) down in like the bottom left and you're in the top right arm in the second objective like oh whoa whoa like and they're scrambling like just sprinting around getting back to get it on the tracks and i don't think i like how the special abilities work because if it if one of the teams are kind of cornered or in a bad spot it's easy to catch back up and mm-hmm. figure out where the where they are or yeah that's what i was gonna say as the hunters like I've, i i hate the feeling when like I just get played like a fiddle and I'm yeah. heading off the other direction. <laughs> but then yeah, it only take me a couple turns to catch you're, back you're up right and I'm right back in. Yeah. I, I could even possibly be in a more advantageous spot to cut them off somewhere. Yep. I do like the when it gets right down to the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you have maybe one objective to arm or maybe two and you get to the point where you're you think you might have enough time if you arm this objective and go way back around (laughs) or do you try to take the fastest route you know because the hunters are going to assume you're going to take the fastest route so maybe you try to get way around and it's just one of those things and then um well then typically what will happen is someone will watch the streets yep and they'll see you flash by and then they just swarm yep (laughs) so you're almost out of time to get out and they're closing in, and it's just like you're all your palms are sweaty. Yeah, it's the end knees, of, is tense. It it really builds mm. nicely. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. And you know, I I really like the player powers on both sides. Yeah, um, yeah, like you, these different agents you get to pick from, and they get to they have their special, and then you get your equipment cards that you get to choose yourself. Yeah, really very cool. cool. So I guess a couple cons for me would be the game might be too tense. <laughs> for no, for some people. So for some people, I, I, think, I definitely see that. Yeah. You could have. I um, I enjoy that stress, but I yeah. can definitely see for some people that don't like a stressful then game like you that. You definitely want to play the hunters. Then it's not as yeah. bad. It's still stressful, but I'm just saying it's not nearly it's as not bad. nearly as not bad. nearly as bad. And you don't want to screw up. If someone screws up as... I mean, that's with any hidden movement game. Yeah. You don't want to screw up as the the person being hidden. Yeah. I do wish there was... Even though I, I love the player powers, I wish there were more. But I think that because there's a standalone expansion mm-hmm. that came out, mm-hmm. and I, I think that would help it. Not that I'm saying that I need more or that this game's getting... Uh, it's not declining for me. I'm just saying, you know, I, I would definitely like to see some more 
more of the different roles in the, yeah. the different, you know. Yeah, just a little yeah, variability. Yeah, just a little. Yeah, not, you know. And I, I did look into it a little bit before we did our review. I don't know if you guys have it all. But it adds. Okay. So it adds more, four more hunters, four more agents. The car ability is a little different. I can't think of it offhand. But it's I don't a, remember. It's, it's the same amount of stuff in the game. It's yeah. just different. It's just different. So. And then the one thing that they added was um, in certain areas, there's like a, a resupply point for the agent. Hmm. So if they go there, I think they have to announce where they are, but they can draw a card from the deck. So maybe they get more equipment and stuff throughout the game. Boy, that seems really, you know, poor forward thinking by the owner of the warehouse <laughs> yeah having a supply cache yeah. just right there yeah yep. it is yeah also what's with the agent though he should have brought the right equipment for the job you know what yeah what he, a, doing? he deserves what a schmuck yeah. <laughs> um i guess the last con for me would be the combat it's okay it's gonna be kind of random though with the dice roll and it's yeah kind of lucky not that exciting so let's take it or leave it on that but i don't know what they really could have done anyways to make it much different with because you just want to keep that game fast paced and not slow it down. I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm, I'm with the dice fine roll with it, but because it could be a con. For because some the game's so tense, it adds to it a little bit more. Where even though you might be right next to the hunter or next to the agent, when you roll the dice, it's like, oh, you might still miss if you roll a one. If you know, you if you're Aaron, you're two spaces away. You know, you're not going to hit him because you're going to get that <laughs> snake eye. Oh, every time, every so, time, I got to yeah. be right up on you. But yeah. I, I like it. I. I'm someone though that likes dice roll combat, anyways. You know, so I I I didn't feel like it took away. I don't know, Aaron. You might have a different opinion on dice roll combat. Uh, in this game, I think it's all right. It's all right. I, I like the little bit of mitigation where you have to roll based on how far away you are. Yeah. You know, you so if you get up close, it's easier to hit them. Yeah. And that's just a really simple. Yeah, mechanic, mm-hmm. and I think the gun might add one, or I, I yeah. can't remember how it works. Right. But yeah, some of them characters have little mitigations to that. I don't know if you guys have anything else to talk about with the gameplay. No, nothing offhand, though. No, yeah. really, Get really just straightforward, good, good gameplay. So my final rating would be a eight, a solid eight. It's not like my typical type of game. I'm more like your heavier-ish Euro games, but I really like this one. I like the tension it brings. I like the fast pace, the action. You're in there right away, and I I love that board, like we had said. So, yeah, I'd give this a 8. I'd play it any time. Hmm. I like both sides a lot. I like them equally, and that's, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get back into it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. This game is just always really, you know, it's not your heavy, thinky game, but you're, every time you play, it's just a blast. You have fun. It's that super tension, but at the end, it's just like, oh, we finally killed him, or I just barely escaped. That's just super fun. Yeah. And that level of excitement, you know, I, I'd put it at like an eight to an eight and a half. I like it for different reasons than yeah. other games. It, okay. I was going to say, it's got it's that fun factor, but then I like at the end of the game when you're talking about 
oh, I was right there, yeah, and yep. you went here, and I thought you were going to go there. You know, you have that yeah. conversation right, after right how here, close you, you were. You were one spot away. <laughs> we always yeah. have that little breakdown, that little, uh, you know, yep. Yep. talk about. And so. then you get the guy who screwed up as the agent, and you're like, oh, you cheated. <laughs> this whole game is invalid. <laughs> then I rated a six. Rematch. It's, <laughs> it, it, also, it's one of those games where after, you know, if the the agent wins – the whole room is like deflated except for one person. <laughs> you know, it's like you feel really good about yeah. winning and everyone else is like, oh. Yep. You want to literally just beat the piss out of them then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my final rating, um, I would actually rate it a smidgen higher than both of you. Yeah. And I would put it probably around a solid nine. Really? Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so actually... Kind of surprising. Yeah. I knew you liked it. Like I knew we all liked it, but I didn't know you liked it that much. Yeah, I do. I, I really like it. Every time we play it, you know, I, I really enjoy playing both sides. I might even like playing the agent a little better. I would say I like the agent a little better, but they're both But I think fun. just because I, I like that challenge of I'm up against two mm-hmm. to three other people. And I feel like right away at the start, I'm way behind. Right. And when you win, it really feels like you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you beat like these combination of minds. Yeah. Type of thing, you yeah, know? yeah. And it it just it really it goes well. I I just really enjoy it. I I've liked every play we've had. I know when we first got it, we played it just. A, we even played back to back games. Yeah. You know we. We'd switch it up a bit, yep, you know, get use different agents and different players doing different stuff. And... The simplicity of it is really nice. Even as the agent, it's a very simple game. You got to teach him for about five minutes, and yeah. he's good yeah. to go. Maybe Marv, I wouldn't trust him <laughs> to do it unless he had played the game a couple times, you know, as a hunter. But we'd have to GoPro him, hook him up to that yeah. GoPro, and make sure. So he's can I would actually right want to play with him as the agent. Cause he'd be flopping around whimsically, <laughs> picking places to move to, and he'd be running straight up the road at the car. Yeah. <laughs> Just like um, dog. Is the <laughs> is the standalone expansion, Tim? Is that something that you've considered picking up then, or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, ever since it came out, I always thought that, like, oh, I like to pick it up. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely interested in picking it up. I, and the only reason why I maybe didn't pick it up is because I didn't see it like out in the wild. I know when it f- <laughs> first up. Uh, print run there was some mistakes on the board and yeah I did. Some... did they make they they fix those too, i would or? assume i haven't looked into it since then because I, I did hear that some of the spaces are misprinted on the board so if you contact them you can get like replacement stickers, stickers or to put on, on the top. yeah um but it it's not supposed to affect gameplay that much i would assume if it's on a second printing by now it would be yeah. taken care of i don't know if they are but Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something to be aware of and look into. Right. All right, I think that wraps up our review of Spectre Ops. <laughs> so sadly, that wraps up our <laughs> Origins review and the convention. And yep. So we look forward to next year. And Dual Winners, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Join our Board Game Geek Guild at boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. We also have a giveaway going on right now for Champions of Midgard. That contest ends on Friday, June 28th. 
what you need to do is email us the keyword answer the call and you can email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com and just get the point across that the keyword is answer the call to be entered into the contest. <laughs> and we'll pick a winner and we'll get a hold of you and get your shipping details and get that out to you. Make sure you get the point across. Yep. And that is only available for participants in the continental U.S., unfortunately. Hopefully we can afford to do some international and shipping yeah, in a future yeah. contest. But But we're broke. What's coming up on the next episode, Tim? Take it away. On our next episode's Table Talk, we will be talking about winning and losing in board games. We review Valparaiso and Tricarion, and we go over our top 10 light games. Like the, the games, the boxes are light, or the... Uh, like the kind that Johnny won't pick up because it's not heavy enough? Yeah, the strategy, or the, yeah, the strategy's light, or the rules are light. What do you, what do you, well, what do you mean here? What's going on? I guess uh, maybe the listeners will have to tune in. Okay. And uh, figure out for themselves. They're going to have to... <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Should we uh, should we get this packed up and start driving? Yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's go. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Have a good night. Bop, 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 bop.